So we were planning on doing a midweek episode, but that kind of fell through. Um, lost the audio. Not great, but we're back Sunday. Uh, a lot of games to cover, a lot to talk about, but you said you had something to start off with, Grant. Uh, have you watched the new Dexter, the first blood? Dude, I'm so like, I, I want to really bad. I, I, I need to get showtime. I got showtime. Can, can you, can you give me your password? Yikes. Yeah, I guess. All right. Okay. Um, what, what about what about Dexter though? No, I watched the first episode and it was like so good. I feel like it is the same shit as before. It. I saw. It, the, I saw the, you the, know how like a lot of shows take like steps back. I feel like it wasn't taking a step back at all. I don't know. That's good. It's not living in the past because I. I don't know. Like watching it. Like I've seen it. So I've seen it like four times. And the more I watch it, the more I don't like the ending of the original Dexter. I just think yeah. they like, again, it's kind of like, I've talked about this a million times. Cause with you on Netflix, you know, show you. Oh, like, I, hate, I hated the third season of that. I liked it, but it's just like, it's the same thing with Dexter where how much further can you take this? Cause obviously they keep killing people and you only can do it for so long where like, obviously they have to eat either a end up in jail or B die. Yeah, it's just it's it's inevitable where like it just needs an ending. Like I don't know, you remember when we watched the the following? Yeah. How good was that? It was only three seasons. It's actually good. I never heard other other people talk about it ever though. I know. Yeah. No. It's it. I'm. I'm. I think it's just me and you that have only seen that seen the show. I just uh the the first season of you was so good, and the second season like fell off. Like it like went downhill, and then the third season. I got so sick of love and wanted her to die so bad. And when she died, I was so happy. <laughs> There's rumors that she's going to come back. The rumor she's not dead. I, dude, I will not watch the four seasons she's in it. <laughs> uh, this episode, yeah, a little bit off the rails to start with. I'm, I'm Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And this is the Production Line podcast, not the Netflix rev- uh, you know, review show. We could do um, that, though. We could do an episode of that. We could do that. We could talk about uh, Grown Ups is on Netflix now. We could talk about Grown Ups. Grown Ups. I watched that. I watched that yesterday. I don't know. I've seen it a billion times, but I watched it. Um, Andy's supposed to be joining us in a little bit, but so he'll make a nice and dramatic entrance. But so, four games. Okay, go ahead. I got another thing before you jump into the four games. Why well, was it? I wasn't going to. I was kind of just leading into the show. But okay, okay. Um, destroy my destroy my momentum, will you? You had no momentum. Um, I was kind of sick this weekend, so I spent a lot of time watching some hockey, and I was watching the U twenty tournament, the Four Nations Cup. Okay, I had notes about this. Do you want to start with it though? Yeah, because I watched okay. quite a bit of it. Yeah, let's do so it. So the Finland Sweden game, I watched part of that. Um, and I was kind of just I forgot Emil Vero was on Team Finland. He's good until I realized that. Team Sweden could not do shit when uh, him and Topi Niemela were on the ice. Also very good. They could not do anything. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot that's Emil Vero and Niemela. And they were really, really good, dude. He's a guy that like when Red Wings, like we look at our prospects moving forward, we have obviously Edvinson and Johansson and all of that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Emil Vero, I think is going to be an NHL player. 
I don't know if it's going to be for the Red Wings or if he gets used as like a trade piece in the future, but I think he's going to be a good NHL player. I have never watched him, to be honest, until um, this weekend, like besides um, playbacks and stuff, but never watched mm-hmm. him like live. And uh, I was really impressed. There's he's nothing really, really good skater. There's nothing really flashy about him. Like he doesn't play like a really like high tempo offense or anything, but he's just solid. Kind of like Sabrango in that sense. He's just such a smooth skater. Yeah. I also like that. Like I, I mentioned this before, I think on here, but like, I like how what like teams, when they take that chance on like a guy who's already playing pro hockey in a European league and they take him like in the third round. And it's just kind of like, that's when you take him in like those third, fourth, fifth rounds where like you take a guy that's doing that kind of, kind of projects as like a bottom six guy, like, or, or a bottom pair defenseman. Which yeah. Is probably what Vera will end up as. But yeah, it's just easy stock, like easy value pick right there. Yeah. Um. And then Edvinson during the, the end of that game, he didn't um touch the ice with on six on five, so I was kind of confused. And then he didn't end up playing this morning against Russia. So and it was said that he uh they wanted to rest him because he was still he was sick the past week, but I don't know if I don't know why they wouldn't play him with six on five. So. Wallinder got some time on six on five last night, and then he was getting power play time today against Russia, and he had a nice power play goal today. I don't know it's, if you saw uh, that. I'll go back to Edvinson. I like I don't know how much good like I, this is also kind of like a pre, like it's kind of a an evaluate evaluatory tournament, you know? Like they're checking to see like those fringe guys. So it doesn't really make a lot. Like Edvinson's gonna be your number one guy. He's gonna be your horse in the World Juniors. Yeah. So it doesn't really make it like I know I saw Emil Andre was playing some big minutes. He's pretty good. He played good. He had a nice yeah, he's, officer pass. This guy I wanted the Red Wings to take in. I think he's a 2020 pick for Philly. Yeah. He's one of the guys. He's he's a high offense guy. Yeah, second round pick um, in 2020. But a guy like Wallinder got to play way more minutes, which is good because I think he, I think obviously I think he's going to make the team as well. But he also had, I don't did Niederbach even play? No, remember he got hurt uh, in that most recent Frolanda game. And then, um, he he said he wasn't gonna be able to play the tournament, but he'll that definitely sucks. make the U twenty team. Yeah, he'll be like the definitely. second line center. Their center depth isn't good. Like Him Liam and... Liam Dower might make the team. He didn't play in this tournament, but um, the athletic I was like reading like, so the Red Wings had eight prospects I think that were projected to be on rosters. Very good. Um, but what was I gonna say? But 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 I lost my thought. Oh, yeah, Dower Nielsen was on Team Sweden, the projected. He was, like, third-line center. Yeah, Team Sweden, we should have four prospects. The big question mark with Sweden was Holtz, if he goes back. It'll depend if he's in Utica or New Jersey at the time. Right, that's what that's what the question is. He's, like, an asterisk next to his name. But that's, like, a that'd be a spot for Dower Nielsen to really step in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good showing for, I, I did see some of the highlights and stuff that Wally Nurgle was nice. He's been, he's been on fire, man. Uh, his shot is so deceptive from the blue line. It reminds me of how Brent Burns shoots from the blue line. Like it just goes through traffic. Just I'm not big, comparing him to Brent Burns, but yes. Both he, big human, sh- both big humans. Yeah. And he's kind of shifty for how tall he is. So the Red Wings like, they like good, <laughs> good skating, big men. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we got four games to go into, um, the five, two win over Vegas, which was on, was it Sunday? Yeah, it was a week ago. Yeah. Sunday. 
Yeah. We had the, yeah, and the Edmonton game, the Washington game, and then last night's game versus Montreal. Uh, we'll kind of quickly breeze through the Sunday game just because it's so long ago and just feels forever ago. But yeah, 5 2 win. Uh, what were your big takeaways from this game? Um, how well they kind of shut down, especially Leon Dreisaitl. No, 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 Vegas. Vegas. Oh, I'm way off. Yeah, they shut down Leon Dreisaitl really well in the Vegas game. <laughs> he wasn't, it didn't even seem like he was out there. Um, just having Larkin back and the impact he has on the ice. Yeah, I really just, wanted to. There's like, more pep in the step. I wanted to spend some time about Larkin this episode. Just how much of a difference he makes on this team. He, I, I've said this before. Like I know Bertuzzi's having a really great season. Raymond's been a really fun story, and a couple other guys. But Larkin is the the engine of this team. We go nowhere without Dylan Larkin. El Capitan. Um, that he that uh his uh that number chart that I sent you from yeah. him how he sh- how how he's been playing so far he's been an elite play driving first line center, which is exactly what we need considering we haven't had the, I mean well it depends how you look at Sider and Raymond with lottery luck, but, yeah. Um, yeah, but like we haven't we haven't we haven't drafted a an elite number one center out of the draft. Right, besides Larkin, and we have Valeno in the system. That's the big question mark with him is is he gonna be a three uh, he's he's easily a third line center at this point. But the question is, can he be more? Which is the Redings are kind of hoping he can be a second line center at this point. Because it looks like at this point, I don't think we're picking inside the top five this year. Right. No, and I kind of hope not. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not like rooting for that. I think at this point we need to and the Red Wings are doing this, they need, they need to start making steps towards the future, like on the NHL team versus through the draft. Yeah. We had those drafts where we made 11 picks, like four years in a row. Obviously the 2017 draft was an absolute nightmare and did not turn out anything besides a possible third line center and a fifth defenseman. Possible healthy scratch center i know i'm trying to be nice i uh i would like to bring up him i would like to bring up rasmussen later in the episode but um uh, no what you're saying is basically what i've been thinking about recently is the position we're in right now is kind of a weird one we have this biggish prospect pool and our left side of defense is filled with good and talented left-handed defensemen Right. So there's got to be a time where you decide, well, we need to go out and get a forward, right? And I'm not saying when that is or who we give up. It depends what kind of left-handed defenseman you want to give up because we have a plethora. I mean, we have Vero, Johansson, Edvinson, Booyam, Wallinder, um, Sobrango. Ooh, the right side, you can you can throw two two Amisto in there. Yeah, you can throw two Amisto in there. There's a ton. So uh, I'm really glad you brought this up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wait a second because the boys join in. What's up, fellas? Yay! <laughs> we're just in a we're in a little uh, nice little discussion about where we're at as a team right now. Oof. But I'll, I'll, 
better than expected exactly so that's what we're talking about but yeah grant was alluding to how how many prospects we have in the system and the lack of an elite another great center behind larkin so i'm really glad you re- reminded me of this Grant. but who did steve eisman trade for in 2018 he traded for him you remember this trade he traded a top three pick for a guy who was drafted in the top 10 nothing oh, i don't even remember uh jonathan Reinrich. jonathan duran for mikhail Sergachev. oh okay yeah. he literally did he, he's eisman has a pedigree for not a pedigree a history of doing this exact thing that we're talking about so like so they're drafting the best player available hoping that those players hit and then for you can trade for what you need for so yeah. obviously there'll be a time where there's a second line or even first line center you can move lark or a 1A, 1B center that's on the market that can interchange with Larkin. And you can make that trade with a guy like Albert Johansson or something like that if he hits. I was even wondering, like, when Thomas Hurdle was coming up, if that would be something. But, I mean, that's a little quick to do that. I mean, I'm thinking it's more of, like, a next-year thing. And if, right. if we have, I don't know, someone that teams are interested in or something mm-hmm. like that. It's harder right now because it just – it kind of goes into what do you view as the core? Yeah. Yeah. If hurdles, if you want to go for hurdle, then you're looking at the Larkins and the Bertuzzi's and stuff like that, which again, this team is an interesting spot right now where um, you have the likes of cider and Raymond and Edvinson in the wings. So almost, you can kind of have two cores moving forward. That's kind of how I view it, to be honest. I mean, yeah. if you build a core around Bertuzzi and Larkin, it's not going to be the strongest. Exactly. But you can kind of bank on those young guys to perform, you know, I just think it's for, especially for what we're seeing now, there's no point in, in reality for where we're at to trade a guy like Larkin or Bertuzzi in the near future. No, I don't think so. I think this season is your kind of like the 2016, 27, 2017 Maple Leafs. Just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yep. But uh, we're talking about – we got a little off topic, but we're talking about the last Sunday game versus Vegas. What were your thoughts of that game, Andy? Honestly, like, coming in thinking it was like Vegas, like, oh, they're going to be a good team. I thought we played well, but at the same time, they're missing this – well, top three guns now, I guess, that whole top line. Yeah. <laughs> and they were also uh, – And Carlson. Oh, yeah, True. That's right. So that's really all their offense that they've their main guys. Well, not Carlson's kind of secondary, but you know, Eichel will be their main point with uh, Stone and uh, Pacioretty. Yeah. So, I mean, as a team, we played pretty well, I thought, and we stepped up to the challenge, I guess, but it's not the Vegas Golden Knights that we're used to seeing. You know, and luckily, the next time we play them, they will also not be the Vegas Golden Knights of because we play yeah. them next week. Yeah, and then all those get well. Obviously, Carl is Carlson coming back soon? Though, like I heard, I think he's got a broken ankle. I think he's out for a couple more weeks. Stone is okay, back. So, so before Stone Christmas, is, oh yeah, but... Stone is back. Yeah, he's he's back. Stone oh, had an apple last night. Okay. And Patrick is supposed to be back. It was stated late November because I'm really watching that one. Because he's on my fantasy team, and my fantasy team flopped hard this week. 
Uh, I'm up Dude. on Andy. I'm up on Andy right now by a couple points. Man, good. Talk good. Me and talk Andy are the me and Andy are the only undefeated teams. So I kind of want him listen to lose this week. One. Listen to this one. Talk about a flop last night. I was like, all right. Um, I can't remember who did Pittsburgh play last night. Oh uh, shit, Ottawa, right? Yeah. Right. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to dress Carter. I'm gonna play play Carter because it's gonna be it's Ottawa. They should be, they should he should be good for a couple you know decent fantasy points. Fucking dress him. He gets me like one point, point uh, nine points. Scratch Dadnov. Dadnov goes off for fifteen and a half. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I did this. I did, that another... call, I, I did this all week against you with Jordan Eberle. I kept scratching Jordan Eberle. He kept scoring. Yeah, I did that with. Uh, I've been doing that with Dadnov because Dadnov's been giving me like four or five a game. I was like, oh, Carter's. They're playing against. Uh, I like that matchup a little bit better. I thought. Well, mm-hmm. sunk. Well, nope. Dadnov's playing with. He played with Stevens and Stevenson and Stone last night. Yeah, that's yeah. a good line. That is a really good line. Check the game notes, I guess. But <laughs> uh, checking our score, Andy. Guess how? Guess how much I'm up on you right now? It's probably like two points. One point four. Oh, okay. So <laughs> literally nothing. Because because I know I know Jordan Cairo. Uh, he had a goal. Yeah, he he started off pretty hot. Yeah, early. early I'm willing anyway. to trade uh, Mark Scheifele if anyone wants him. He's been garbage this year. Plays in like the third line with Wheeler. He sucks. I'm, tempted, I'm, temp- I'm tempting. I'm tempting to do it, Grant. I might yeah. do it for Braden Point. Ah, I am down for that because Braden Point was disappointing. I know he scored in overtime last night, but like he's been like under a point per game, and I think Shifley's gonna pop. That's just me right. though. I think Point will too. Though. I think Tampa. I, 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 th- I think it'd they be a good trade. They need to change the scenery. They they do. They need to change. <laughs> Classic change of scenery trade. Um, yeah. We probably should talk about the Red Wings, but like this game just is so long ago. Um, I thought that the top six really played well this game. Against I Vegas. Thought, yeah. yeah, this started the Buffalo game almost felt like the Pew Suter awakening. Agreed. He really woke up and decided he he chose violence is what he did. I think how many points did he, he? I think he had like five points over those past four games. I think if I'm just doing quick math in my head, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he had. I know he had a goal against Edmonton as well, mm-hmm. right? No, wait, no, he didn't. Yeah, he scored the first, second one, first one. Did I'm pretty sure. No, Nemestikov sure. scored the first two. That's right. Yeah, no, he didn't oh, score against Edmonton. That's right. Yeah, I thought I was. Oh yeah, okay. Do you have anyway, an apple though? I don't think so. I was making that up. I was making that up. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, back to the Vegas game. Uh, that Suter goal, really nice. That second line's been really good all week. I think anyway. They just need to score you... more. I don't. I just care I... about results. I. I know. You, I know okay, you're you, saying this. You can look good out there, look good to the eye, but you need to. You need to score. I don't care. I have I have that towards the end. I have a discussion about that, but we started. I started this game off, and I thought the power play looked great. This game, uh, that Raymond goal, the work from Zadina and Bertuzzi down to Ray, down to Raymond, yeah, clean, mm-hmm. very nice, clean. <clears throat> Quick, I was thinking about last night's game. Sorry, with Suter. Oh yeah, yeah, right. That was the second yeah. goal. Yeah, um, no I'm trying to like recall the rest of this game <laughs> against Edmonton. No, we're talking about Vegas. Oh shit! Still, yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, I know. We're, we keep going off topic with this. Next game. one was the, so the Fabry goal. Hey? Oh yeah! The right play, off the power play. Right yeah. after. 
from from Suter and Letty there. That's yeah. That was a really sneaky, sneaky good play from Suter. He comes up the wall and Letty waits out the four because the Vegas had like kind of a they had a a large diamond PK. So that's hop guys right on top of Letty. So mm-hmm. Letty really smartly waited him out, and then Pew Suter literally skated almost to the blue line to catch that pass. Yeah. And then ships it over to Fabry, and Fabry was pumped to score that one. I was really happy for Fabs. Me too. Uh, good team goal. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, Vegas scored the first goal of this game. It was Nick Waugh, which I thought Grice probably committed too hard to the, the glove hand there. I thought so too. And, you know, I mean, it's fine. It's going to happen. Also, that was... Yeah, that was the one where Larkin got was that the one that Larkin got four checked on too hard and he turned that he turned it over. Was that the March so goal? Yeah, that was the March so goal he turned over. Okay. Yeah. And then right after that was yeah, Pew Pew scored this game as well. That was a yeah. unbelievable release. Yeah, it was a sick wait, Michael Samuelson from Heronic. Yeah, it was Michael Samuelson esque. From Phil Phil Heronic. Um, no, really good for Puse. And again, this goes in kind of goes into the conversation a little bit, like where the Red Wings don't have that second line center, but if Puse can keep playing like he has this potential, yeah, you know, I, I know he's not gonna be like a huge point getter, but 40, 50 point guy. That's the second yeah. line center in the NHL. Production yeah, wise. Yeah. Well, and also like like we've seen this last week, he's I feel like he's coming into his own here in Detroit. Like, he's finally fitting in, I guess. Not fitting in, but, like, on the ice anyways. Mm -hmm. Feeling more comfortable. So, if he like you said, if he continues that. Yeah, I know Blasio was saying how impressed he was with him about it. Yeah, absolutely. And he's been, like, that that whole line. But, like, Suter, I think, has kind of been carrying that line a little bit. He's been kind of pushing the pace. Yeah, I think Suter's been the best player on that line. Yeah, he's been flying. Is, that's for sure. Which is awesome, and his ice time is really increasing. I know he played. I think he played twenty-one minutes this game in Vegas. It was either Vegas or the Buffalo game. He played twenty-one. I don't remember. It might I make would, more sense if it was the Buffalo game, but it was he, twenty-one minutes. I just checked for the Vegas game. Yes, I nailed that. Um, but yeah, he, he's getting that PK time as well as 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 like also on the power play, which is really which is a good thing. I kind of like our, him and Bertuzzi killing right now because our penalty kill's been kind of shaky. So, um, not this week though. The, That's what I mean. That, he they just switched to Bertuzzi yeah, yeah. and Suter right. this this week, and it hasn't been shaky. Right. Um. Yeah. No. For sure. I guess we'll kind of quickly finish this game because, like, I, I don't remember enough of it to like be doing this off the top of my head. Marcia so Marcia so scored over Grice's glove. I don't blame him for that one. That was a really nice shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grice was a standout in the third period. Absolutely, he saved the game for like for the for making it too close to the Red Wings. In my opinion, um, other goals. Who scored the fourth and fifth? It was Namasnikov. was the other one. That nice play by Stevens behind the net. Yep. And then Bertuzzi finishes it off in the empty netter. But even regardless, against uh, it's just a huge confidence boost. Regardless, even if it's a uh, diminished Vegas team. Yeah. That's Agreed. still a great yeah. team, and that carried over into the second the the second game we we're talking about the Edmonton game, which was honestly kind of a defensive clinic in the first two periods. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the Larkin line facing the McDavid line, 
which honestly, considering Raymond was only a minus two at the end of the game, kind of a W. It's yeah, Connor too bad. Yeah. I don't think Drysaddle had any points in this game. Drysaddle had zero points. Yep. McDavid had one. Yeah, he had the apple. And no, Drysaddle was against Cider most tonight, the German on German action. So Cider's better than Drysaddle, confirmed. Uh, I mean, Drysaddle basically said that in the, the article afterwards. Or, not the, or the little quote. He said how much he liked Cider's game. Yeah. Which is cool. I it's mean, cool. Two, of the, two of the three selected for Team Germany. Yeah, and the other one was a scam. He should never have been selected. It should have been Thomas Grice. Grubar well, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Thomas Thomas Grice is going to be the starter. So yeah, yeah. Grubar is a cone. He's been tough. He's been tough, man. Um, yeah, Edmonton coming in was a nine and one record with a fifty percent on the power play and an eighty six on the PK. Was not looking good for the Red Wings on any side of the puck. Nope. No, I was, I was preaching before the game that they just need to play defensive and stay out of the box the whole game and which they did success. two penalty two penalties against two penalties is good and you killed both of them yeah two big kills too like mark Stahl, i thought this is where he made his made his living this game he was awesome same with nadalkovich nadalkovich was yeah. really good this game as well um sam gagne also played in his 900th game this 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 game him his dad yeah his second against his yeah started against his old team they gave him the start yeah. But him and his dad became the second father-son duo to play 900 games. Or not the sixth, six. I guess it's six. six, excuse me. Yeah. I, I had duo in my head and I said second. So I said two and duo, whatever. Um, Zadina also played as a hundredth. Yep. Kind of crazy um, to think about. Yeah, and Gagne yeah. also got uh, a point on the first goal, which is pretty cool. It's cool. He's been, again, Sam Gagne is a perfectly fine bottom six player for this team. And I'm I happy love he's him. Out. I, yeah, the team also, loves him. Also, know that um, there's been two players in Edmonton Oilers history to get eight plus points in a game. Andy, do you want to guess who those players are? It's Wayno and him. Yeah, not <laughs> Connor McDavid. Yeah. <laughs> Connor McDavid's a bum. Yeah, he's a boss. Sam Gagne is better. Sam Gagne yeah. is better. Um, but Sam Gagne, he's just kind of the team dad. Posts, he yeah. posts about everyone on Instagram. He hypes everyone up. And then Troy Stetcher throws out that heartfelt message on, on Twitter, like how much everyone loves him. And I'm like, yeah, yeah this, is, this is the stuff you love to see. When you're a veteran guy, like this is what you want. It's, he, Sam Gagne is kind of the Red Wings version of Jason Spezza for the Leafs, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I know Jason Spezza is probably a little more skilled. But, like, again, they're the – I would say, kind of, but I – Sam Gagne does so much else, like – on, when he's on the ice, he's such a valuable asset, in my opinion. I agree. But, I mean, same as Spezza, though. That's why I'm saying they're very similar in that sense. What value they bring to the team? Yeah, yeah. Like Spezza, Spezza's. Well, actually, Spezza, where he comes in clutch for that for Toronto because yeah, cause no one else away. knows how to do. <laughs> yeah, it literally is, is in the playoffs when everyone else just goes to bed, and Spezza's out there playing yeah. like the what was it the, in the bubble? He was playing. <laughs> um, what was it like? eight minutes a night and he had the most effective eight minutes of ice even, time. even this last playoffs him and willie were the best two players in the ice release yeah yeah right. that's exactly willie, when he doesn't yeah, have to willie. do anything in the regular season because matthews marner willie and Tavares, Tavares. carry the load yeah but no spezza spezza brings more offense than gagne i think but gagne has the like the skill asset i think they're i think skill asset they're pretty similar just mm-hmm. 
Spets is a little bit more offensive, but he does play on a more offensive team too. Yeah. Right. Spets doesn't and have the marinara mitts. Yeah. True. True yeah. doesn't have the marinara mitts. Well, Sam Gagne, like if he keeps his up, man, I'm, I'll throw him another one year contract at the end of the year. Yeah. Easy. I'll do I'll do it the day the season ends. Yep. And then after that, I, I hope that Sam Gagne stays with the organization. Whenever his playing days mm-hmm. are over, I hope him and him and Sean Horkoff, his good old friend, they run the development development department. They just hang out. Yeah. I'd Love be that. completely okay with that. No, I'm yeah. a huge, huge fan of Sam Gagne. Take on an yeah, advisory is- role. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, Sean, or, yeah, Sean Horkoff is the, the he's player, a... player development, I think, yeah. for like pro level, not amateur. Because he, I don't, I actually, I think he does work with the amateurs as well. Yeah, I think. Well, he does the uh, the rookie camps and stuff like that too. Right. So I think it's kind of a mix, but yeah. Yeah. Um, is, isn't Dan Cleary with them too? Still, or is that with Grand Rapids? Yeah, Dan Cleary's thinks also on the development. Uh, yeah. Somewhere in somewhere in there, I think he helps out. Him and Croner, I think, are kind of the same position. All oh, right. Right. Um. But yeah, Grant kind of alluded to it. Uh, Ganya got his first point off of one of the nicest goals of Vlad Nemestikov's career. One of the mm-hmm. nicest goals of a season for the Red Wings. Right. Probably top um, five. We had yeah. both Bertuzzi's. <laughs> yeah. Um, tough look for Tyson Berry there. Yeah, rough. Uh, yeah, Vlad kind of just walks right around him. No one's business. And Stuart, Stuart Skinner, who's getting his second career start, poor guy left up to dry. Yeah. We get more into Stuart Skinner in a little bit with his, uh, his puck playing ability. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so all in all, like the Red Wings really ran Edmonton's show. Like the third line was hounding the puck, and they were actually one of the better lines to the Red Wings, kind of just hounding in offensively. I don't know if I'm if I'm just seeing that differently. No. No. Okay. No, I agree. I agree. Like I thought Rass had a better game this game. In the beginning, anyway. Um, um, yes. Yeah. To start. To start. To start. Obviously, there was some. There's some things that happened afterwards. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like a lot of pressure going in early. I thought the second line had some good chances again. I know Pew Suter had a couple chances in front there, at some points in the game where he just kept banging away at rebounds. Um. But the first line was kind of the first line. This was probably one of their few. Like they didn't have many chances. I know there was the um the Bertuzzi to Raymond one in front. That was kind of it though. They were, they did a really good job limiting McDavid because McDavid didn't have any chances offensively until the third period, yeah. which is ultimately what they were, they were meant to do. They matched up skill wise and puck possession. Cause I mean, I think it was pretty even puck possession for both lines. Yeah. And they got a lot of good looks in the third too. Mm-hmm. The... Existing things started to open up a little bit. Well, I mean, that's when, they really started pushing pace and ultimately you can't let McDavid and Dreisler to push pace. Cause that's no. when the, yeah, you can't let them play their game. I mean, that's what happened in the playoffs this year. That's what Winnipeg did to them. Right. They couldn't and push pace. Yeah. And uh, with Winnipeg, I was, I was like listening to something about this earlier, but like with Winnipeg, they're, they're such a unique team where they're strictly a North South team. Yeah. They don't really play it. Like, all their goals are a lot off because they have a lot of speedy wingers like Ehlers and Connor. And they just, they make that quick play on a three on two and they score. Yeah. Which like Edmonton was getting worked on in the, in the, I still love how Genny Shrestrikov's on the second line there. Well, it, I'm actually for him. first, first line. I don't know. They have I'm pumped for him. Two equal lines. Yeah. I mean, him and Dubois and Connor, they look really good together. 
Yeah, I mean, great. And isn't Jason Harkins or whatever he's playing high? In the Jansen Harkins. Too. Jansen, excuse me. Um, he was playing on the first line because there's an injury with Cop, right? Cop was, was in. It was Cop or Stastny was hurt. Stassi was hurt. That's what it was. It was Cop, uh, Ehlers, and Harkins, and then it's Wheeler, Lowry, and Shifley on the third line. Cop is going to get paid this summer. Yeah, Cop looks e- really good this year. Uh, hey, Red Wings. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's a Michigan guy. He's a Michigan guy. CCM line. CCM line. We seem to get uh, Comfer back. Yeah. And Tyler Mott. Comfer's overrated. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh yeah, the Mesnikov. This was a great game for Vlad. Go back to Vlad a little bit. Uh, he scores another goal on the rebound, which an elite play by elite playmaker Adam Ernie from behind the net. Andy, that that pass, huh? Unbelievable. Just uh, just play. He's playing hoops out there. Yeah, a little, a little alley oop. A little alley ooper. I was a little pissed that Rask got a stick on that. That ended up getting the assist. He get, ends up getting one of the assists on it versus Ernie. That's right. tough. If you ever want to award the third assist, this would be the goal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also happy Ronick didn't toy with the puck and shoot it over the net. No, he didn't mess around. He caught it and ripped it. Yeah, thankfully. Um, but yeah, Vlad, easy tap in, right place, right time. But Vlad's earned it. I mean, seven He's... goals in the year. He had eight goals last year. I think all of them were empty netters. It's just he, he's a totally different player this year. Yeah, he's another guy that like – I mean, it took him, we'll give it two-thirds of a season last year, I guess, because the game's played over that. But, well, yeah. Anyways, but he's another guy that's finally coming into his own, feeling a little bit more comfortable and <clears throat> gaining back that confidence with the puck. And yeah. uh, like you said, you said it, right place, right time. And that's, you know, I see when I'm watching the games, I watch Vlad's always in the right place, right time. Like he's typically there. And then with Suter recently coming like coming into his own, he's in the right place, right time a lot of times, the last few games. And another guy that like Fabry could have uh, there's I can't remember what game it was, but he's hit the post two or three times and then he got like robbed. Like he could have had four or five goals that night. Since and... you brought up Fabry, I wanted to like bring up that uh, there was a chart for like per per sixty who draws the most penalties. Fabry's eighth on that list in the whole league. For drawing penalties, because he's always doing stuff. He doesn't stop moving his feet either. Yeah, no, exactly. Like that's it's good to watch. I like it a lot. While we're on the topic of Fabry and Nemestikov, uh, I know we talked about like the future earlier. Mm-hmm. These are two guys that really intrigue me going into later the season once you hit trade deadline. Yeah, it's really because... funny because I remember the season preview episode we did. We talked about how Vlad was like, yeah, maybe fourth line. Maybe we can scratch him. Yeah. Yeah. Non-negotiable at this point. He's a third line player. Well, I'm just thinking like his value is going to be probably decently high up at towards the deadline. And where do you view this team or what are we trying to accomplish at the deadline? So if you have I'm, guys like Fabry and Nemestikov and then even Letty, which I think Letty should be one that I would keep personally because I think he does well on the back end and helps a lot right now. But where do you value Fabry and Domestikov there? Yeah, those would be the only two guys I'd be looking to make a decision on, especially Vlad, because you could sell kind of high on him. Fabry is young enough where I'd look to keep him. But again, like if, you're gonna, if he's having a great year, you sell high. 
yeah, ultimately, where do you see him ceiling? That's where I'm at. I almost, threw Thomas, I almost threw Thomas Grice in this list, but I think he's too valuable to Nedalkovic at this point to sell him off of the deadline. Yeah, I, I almost agree with that. You don't want to overload Nedalkovic. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think I, I want to bring up Nedalkovic later, but um, again, you don't want to have too heavy of a load for him right. at this point. <clears throat> Unless, of course, someone comes in, like someone that's a contender needs a goalie and they come in high. Anyone yeah. on your team should be available for trade if they're willing to wow your like blow your socks off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyone is available for any team, but you just, you're gonna have to pay out the ass for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, again with this game, um, Ken Holland also re- you know, returned to Detroit for you know, after he was nominated for the Hall of Fame. So that, that interview was kind of funny. With uh, I don't know if you guys saw that on Valley Sports. Uh, no. He was with Ken. He was with Ken and Ken and Mick, and they were talking about like his favorite times as a Red Wing GM and stuff. He was talking about like I think he was talking about Homer and stuff, which was funny. I talked about oh, you talking about, no 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 the, the story I remember. He was talking about picking Chris Osgood. So it wasn't he wasn't with Ken and Mick. I I misspoke. He was with Ozzy and okay. Larry Murphy. Gotcha. I misspoke. The other booth. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's talking about picking Osgood because uh, Kenny Holland was he was the scout in Alberta or whatever that Western Canada. Yeah, and, and Osgood played for Medicine Hat. He's talking about like he told Osgood before like the draft he's going to take him in the third round, and he did. But like in the first game after getting drafted, Osgood led in like ten goals in like a scrimmage, and he, and Holland I guess let him have it about it, which is kind of a it's kind of a funny story listening now. But yeah, congrats to Ken Holland. It's kind of cool. Yeah, he left us with he left us with a couple like good trades at the end of his era, but he also left us some shitty contracts. So. Mixed yeah, emotions, obviously. A shitload of shitty contracts, but yeah. I know, like, I know he's not having a great year, but speaking of good trades, but uh, I miss Gus Nyquist. He scored a really sick goal for Columbus the other night. Yeah, he did. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw that. His patent fake shot, easy slide behind, slide through the five hole. Mm-hmm. He's just gross, man. Oh, I love that man. I don't, I don't care. He's put up three points in eleven games. I'll take him right now. I'll take him on the Red Wings right now. I would not hesitate. And then, yeah, uh, Holland left us with two really good trades, the Athens Seed trade and the Mike Green trade. Oh, my – yeah. That and also <laughs> – I was, I was kind of alluding to the Tatar trade. It's like his best trade. I Well, it, oh, was, yeah. it wasn't Ken Holland that did the Athens Seed and Mike Green trade. It was – Oh, that's right. Two. That's right. That's, that's I, why I was saying it. I was totally – I totally forgot about that. I, yeah, you're right. That was the Steve Eisman era. Crazy. That's his, yeah, first year. Excuse me, Eisman really uh, cleaned cleaned house quick. Yes, he did. He made some yeah. big big trades in his first year. Um, well, this game though, again, I think the shots were. I think, I think Edmund. Yeah, after the after one period, it was sixteen to nine in shots, which was in the Red Wings' favor. Crazy to think about. Um, I, the one play I wanted to get to is the uh, Stuart Skinner uh, playing the puck. A little nice assist to Larkin, who that was the funniest picture, that screen grab of Larkin just putting it into an empty net with Stuart Skinner behind the net. That's hilarious. (laughs) It looks so it it looks so bad from that like standpoint, but obviously like it could have happened to anyone. It's just kind of a tough one. Yeah. Other than that, I thought I thought Stuart Skinner played pretty well. Well, especially after that. He he shut it down pretty quick. Like he he didn't look shaky after that. 
which for yeah. a young goaltender, like like for a young goaltender, you expect them to kind of start coming on glued. Like that was the third goal, third goal, right? Yeah, that was the third goal. Yeah. yeah. So you'd think he's like, all right, well, I just gave him. <laughs> they buried two on me. I gave him the third one. Might start coming on glued, but he, he played pretty well. He bounced back after that. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then they already said like good pressure. Like I'd say the rest of this period, and then. Ultimately, the mistake came off of a Danny DeKaiser shot slash pass to nowhere. And then it bounced off of Slater Cuckoo, who's my favorite name in the NHL. And then it goes to the Bison, the Bison King himself, who buries on the, buries on the break. Honestly, like if a trade came about and I could trade for Jesse Pugliarvi right now, I would. I'd trade at the whole team for him. Yeah, that was a sweet need, shot. Need to get him a bigger helmet, though, to fit his head. Yeah, you need to get a you need to get a mouth guard to hold that tongue in. I love yeah. his helmet. I love how it doesn't fit his head. No, I thought that that was a really weird play. I, I it was the it was the DeKaiser. He tried to like half like slap pass into the slot, which there wasn't I, really a lane. We had five people deep in the ozone. Everyone was below the top of the circles. Insider stepped down too low, which caused mm. a breakaway off the DeKaiser mm. shot. Yeah, he cheated um, for sure. He cheated hard there. But, I mean, mistakes, mistakes happen, but yeah, and that was a good finish by Pulley RV. Nice shot. Yeah. Yeah. Ned, like, there's nothing you really like a breakaway. You're kind of like, it's, it's basically your 60% chance you're stopping it. Yeah. In the the NHL, I would say. So it's hard for a goalie to make that save and it's a perfect shot again. Uh, The Oilers really got momentum after that. The start of the third, McDavid gets the, it came off of that. I know that I that I kind of alluded to this earlier, but the uh, Bertuzzi to Raymond play, and again, no high forward there on the play, and kind of cheated offensively, and McDavid made his pay for it. Yep, <clears throat> he was just below. Yeah, the F three and was Ned below. probably should have had that one. The McDavid goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But again, I think we ta- I think we talked about it, Grant. Um, it's hard with that much speed coming down for Ned to judge where that shot's going to go. McDavid just comes in with such a high. You see McDavid score goals just like this all the time, just flutter shots. They're so hard to judge because he's going so fast. Yeah. Literally. And I thought Hronik did a good job staying with him as best he could. He yeah, there was really, really far outside. There's not much else Hronik could have done in this play. No, I was happy with Hronik's play there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were saying with the Patton and McDavid play, he almost did the patent and goal where he like does the chip over where he burnt Mark Stahl yeah. hard. Yeah. Mark Stahl's not catching McDavid. Nobody on the wings roster, maybe besides Larkin, I guess, maybe. Uh, who, who who holds the fastest skating record in the NHL? Yeah, it was, it, it was done different, though. It was done different, though. Uh, Dylan yeah, Larkin was... holds it. He's the fastest player in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. So until that changes, I don't, I don't care. That's I don't. I still think Darren Helm's the fastest player in the NHL. He just never had a chance to break it. <laughs> I've heard this. Like I've heard this. <laughs> he's been this scoring. He's been scoring, has he? Like a lot. He has like three yeah. goals this season, and Glennie wow, has he, like four or five. I think yeah, he has Glenn... three and three, doesn't he? Like three goals, three assists. Home three yeah, and two. He, he might. He's a good producer. Glennie always gets those greasy tip goal yeah he got like this the sixth goal last night against the shark or the other night against the sharks they're up six to one yeah we love that we love the garbage time goals um but i've I've heard this i know jeff merrick talks about this idea a lot and andy i don't know if you you probably might hear because i know you're a jeff merrick guy oh yeah i like jeff um yeah who doesn't 
but he's talking about like how the skill, like the the niche skill guy, should be able to go to the NHL All Star game just to play in the skills competition. That's what I've said that for years. Mar- like Martin Furk should be Firk. taking the hard- hardest shot competition. Yeah, so I said that for Andreas Andreas Athanasiu should be in the speed competition. Yes, I, I said that for years. So your All Star game should be your All Stars that get voted into the game, right? And then the skills competition should be guys that you know. So they're talking about growing the game and stuff like that. Well, they used to have like a young All Star game, like a rookie game. Yep, and stuff like that. Well, bring that back because not like your league is this is a league of a lot of young superstars but you can you can only bring one or two off of other than the hosting team you can only bring one or two players in off each team maybe right mm-hmm. so bring those bring these guys that have the like you said those niche skills like hardest shot fastest skater puck handling like you know whatever goaltending what like i don't right. know but to grow the game and to get those guys i mean i know a lot of the guys want the, the break like they want yeah, they well, want yeah to... i mean absolutely like ovechkin the only time ovechkin misses games is when he gets the suspension for not going to the all-star game yeah exactly but you know give him give him some incentive be like yeah if you if you show up to this you know to the skills competition or the all-star game or if you're in part of both give him extra I don't know. It's not much, but fifteen grand that paycheck. That's what I was something. thinking. Like the winner gets like I don't know, like fifteen, twenty grand. Yeah. For like the, sp- well, the specific all star events. To yeah. Kind of uh go off your point there, Andy. When they used to have like the uh draft for the skill or for the, the all star game, like how much more fun did that make it? Yeah. I know I, mean, I enjoyed Ovechkin... the the three and three a little bit more, but yeah, like Ovechkin when he wanted the car. Yeah, I hate I hate the divisions. They do the divisions, and I just hate it. I like the three on three aspect better than five on five. But yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, like, I agree. I like the draft. That's what I'm saying. Remember that they only had two teams at that point. It was I remember the one year. My favorite year was Team Alfredson versus Team Lidstrom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's when was that the one that Kessel was drafted last overall, and Ovechkin yes. was taking a picture of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Ovechkin wanted to, like it was a couple years later where Ovechkin wanted to be taken last so he could get the van, but he gets taken yeah. second to last. Yeah. He was, he was rattled. Pissed. He's pissed about it. Um, that's why. That's when he stopped going. Right. That's when he. I think it is when he stopped going. And then, essentially, uh, I know you brought up Martin Furk. Have you seen his stat line this year? Isn't it just I ridiculous? It's like twenty-one and like twelve. <laughs> Everyone from like all LA fans, I always see him like uh, call up Martin Furk. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. I love Martin. Yeah, they always want him called up. It's hilarious. Man has yeah. no vowels in his name, but he should be called up to the NHL immediately. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, that, why that's a great trivia question, too. Hey, eh? vowels. Yeah, the no first and only player in the NHL history with the last name without a vowel. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm trying to. Yeah, the rest of this game, it fin- yeah finished four two. The Red Wings really, again, Nedalkovich played a great, another game where like the goalie really helped the team seal the deal at the end. Yeah. Um, I know you guys had some opinions about the fourth goal. Oh, yeah. The empty I can dive into that. I could talk about that for 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. You and I both said it at the same exact time in the chat. Oh, man. I was so pissed off. So Rasmussen takes like a pass in the neutral zone. Um, he has a man cutting this man has two goals in the game he never gets hat tricks cutting he could make a quick pass Rasmussen actually spins off 
he can still make that pass. You have to make it in a split second like all NHL players are able to do. Rasmussen is shaking in his boots, almost goes off sides, and he ends up putting it on Cider's stick instead, and they scored. And Cider was... Cider's look on his face, like he looked right at... uh yeah, Vlad. he looked at right at Vlad. He goes, like, he's like, give him a shoulder shrug. He's like, I'm sorry. And Vlad's like, ah, whatever. Tops him. But <laughs> yeah, you and I instantly, I was like, how the hell do you not give 92 the puck right there? That's what I mean. I, I feel like that's such a, it's such a more morale boost. If you have someone like Vlad getting a hat trick, it's going to make him happy, make guys in that room happy for him. And he was probably a little sour after that. I mean, I would be if you're like streaking through the neutral zone. I mean, does Vlad have an NHL hat trick? I mean, yeah, he, my, definitely, he definitely does. He definitely I mean, does. He played on a line with Stammer and Kutrop for a while. He had a season where he put up like 48 points. Like, he was he, he was a top six player at one point. Like, well, I mean, he was two. playing with Stamkos and Kutrop. That's why he was a top six forward. Right. But well, yeah. offense there. I wouldn't Regardless. say he was, But, like, he's not going to get him very often. No, oh. yeah. And also, like, after the season he had last year where, what was it, eight, eight empty net goals, he would have tied his season total last year of – Literally. In, in what, the 12th game we had, the 13th game? That was 14. It was game 14. 14? Okay. So, yeah, so he would have tied his season total last year already in 14 games, you know. And whenever guys out there empty net has two, you always try to look for them. Right. Yep. If Which, I mean, which got, what, was it Zach Parise uh, bench last year? Yeah. It was it was Zach yeah Zach Reese yeah that. That it, was for Felina, it was for it was for Felino yeah Marcus yeah. Felino yeah but no but if if um, if Nemeskov doesn't score a goal the rest of the season I blame it all on Rasmussen because <laughs> he's just confidence <laughs> just ruined after not getting a hat trick yeah. <laughs> no it's not um I'll I'll like again the Red Wings did score after this like it wasn't just an all negative thing where we finished three two it's we all negative ice, to me we we all we iced the game. And Cider get, got to get a second goal, which we should talk about. Like, Cider has two goals in the year now, which is huge. That's awesome. I, I think it shouldn't count. It, should it be shouldn't count. It should be Nemeskov. <laughs> I wish Nemeskov would have tipped it. Yeah. Assisted by Cider. And then, oh actually, Cider passed it back to, like, Letty. And then Letty passed it back to Cider. And then Nemeskov tipped it into Rasmus and didn't get a point. He didn't deserve <laughs> one there. Yeah. Guy was he shaking his deserved- boots. He deserves to go down to Toledo. After this that. is this is my problem. Is how do you expect him to be a defensive centerman when he's just panicking in the last five minutes of the game because Connor McDavid's on the ice? You could it's not tough. tell me that he was not shaking in his boots. There was hey. one time he could have made a clean clear off the glass. He just completely drills it, hammers it for an icing. What game was it where he got the puck in the slot and, and fell? Oh, I don't know, but I laughed Which so one? hard that- when that happened. No, but like Which, he legitimately like went to go like a backhand toe drag and fell. And he bully he, he's a freaking bowling ball and he brings on two other guys, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, oh that was no, but like Grant Grant made the point with the fact that Vlad or uh, excuse me, Rass, he doesn't have the decision making to make that split second pass because he made the right play to turn off because the defenseman was was angling him off. So he made the right play to keep possession versus you know dumping it. Right. Which he probably would have done most times. But again, and he thought about it for that split second, which Vlad, the, the way the speed was coming in, there was no play. Like he would have went offside. Yeah. That's what, so he made the right play in the sense after he made the mistake. Cause right. he had to side her for the goal. But again, with your guys' point, obviously, right 
obviously he should have dished it and dished it and it would have been the morale play to get the last yeah. the his trick. mind works at an hl level for me he, he's honestly... he's he's an nhl power forwards body in an ahler's brain yeah and all we me, need to like... do all we need to do is get taro horosi's when you get a brain transplant going we get taro horosi's brain into rasmussen's body i don't and we're, and we're chilling that would ruin taro horosi for me and i just feel bad i love taro yeah <laughs> But no, from for me on that play too, like you watch it, um, Ras was like hesitating to kind of go towards the the open puck a little mm-hmm. bit at first. And then when he actually did, makes the decision, he buries his head into his freaking feet. So like he probably didn't even know Nemestikov was there, to be honest with you. Probably not, no. Like for for me, how I, when I watched it live, I was like, oh, Nemestikov right there. But you saw Nemestikov weaving in behind him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Ross even – he had blinders on. He was – yeah, he was struggling there. For sure. But, uh, yeah, 4-2 four, two, four, two win again. Ned, I think he had – he had I don't know, like – he was over 30 saves, I think. I don't remember off the top of my head. 33, I think. 30, okay. 32, 33. Go with that. Go with that. Um, yeah, obviously, like, great play um, for him. And, yeah. Going into that Washington game, there was a couple of things with uh, injury-wise. Stetcher getting a second opinion. It sounds like he's going to be out a while. Sounds pretty serious. You never like to hear that. No, he sounds like obviously it sounds like probably he's leaning towards surgery, but he's going to take it a couple weeks before he makes that decision. And I don't know what it is. I don't remember him getting hurt in a game or anything. Yeah, that just i honestly at first didn't know he was hurt like, i thought he was just not playing mm-hmm. and then i saw i think it was uh was either on twitter or instagram i saw a post saying that he's getting a second opinion i was like on what like i didn't yeah. know and it, and it was undisclosed right like no i think it's nothing. upper body i think i saw okay but you don't know what it is upper body right yeah um I thought it said upper body. I don't know. I might be confusing something. But with that, also Heronic, Mark Stahl, and Raymond took the maintenance day. And like for, I don't know, 24 hours, we were all freaked out. But obviously everyone played yeah. for the Washington game. And I, lo- I love going in. We we're all, I saw a bunch of Red Wing fans. It was announced, Washington starter was announced. Zach Fukali. And everyone was like, oh, giving us the AHL guy. Noted, noted non-Tampa Bay Lightning pick. Exactly, <laughs> we did yeah so it was montreal pick that we messed yeah. up for we messed up last up we went with andy's pick so andy messed up no i i corrected you i said you're thinking of zach Bucali, who was drafted by montreal i who said we're talking about then who were we talking about then you were talking about i do remember this andy did say oh, you're said, right i yeah. remember yeah we're talking about buffalo Tukarski. Story, no? we're talking about Tukarski? Tukarski. yes that's what we're talking about okay yeah you're right so you're right I, yeah, don't blame this on me, man. I I, I messed up. That's me and my head. <laughs> yeah. Come on, <laughs> um, huge. But Dustin Dakarski getting his first career start at 26, which is honestly it's a cool story on its own. Yeah, like that's we love to see a story like that. It just sucks that it always seems like the Red Wings are end up with the bad end of the story. You know what I mean? We have yeah. Pew, Pew Suter's three goal game against the Red Wings for his first three goals of his career. We have. I'm just going off the top of my head. Uh, 
who was it? The Nashville player, Rocco Grimaldi, had a four goal game against the Red Wings yeah, last now year. Now he's in the AHL. Now he's in the AHL. Um, I can think of I can think of more. Kane got his like a thousandth point against the Red Wings. I think mm-hmm. the, all of the historic nights end up against the Red Wings. And that was just from the last. That was just from last year. That I'm going off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Zach Fucali shuts out the Red Wings. I mean, granted, he only faced 21 shots, but still two nothing win. And it all came really in that. I mean, they were back to back goals in 10 seconds, but the Red Wings, I thought, like, didn't play awful five on five. They didn't have any offense, but they didn't play bad defensively and they just messed up those two times. Yeah. Within we had, 10 seconds of each other. <laughs> yeah. Who scored the, who was the first goal again for Washington? Was, um, or love? Yeah. Yes. That one. So Bertuzzi didn't get to the point in time and it was a, it was a screen in front and, uh, Grice didn't see it. Which obviously, like again, you can't really blame the goalie in that one. No, it was a nice shot too. It was a nice shot. Perfectly um, placed. I should say, uh, talking about the the milestone thing, I'm just glad Ovechkin didn't score his Brett Hall passing goal this game. Didn't even register a shot. Didn't. I don't know no. what it is. Ovechkin, remember the the historic game he had against the Red Wings where he fed 15 shots and Marazic and didn't score. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That that was an awesome <laughs> game. Think about it. that's funny. Um, Peter Morazic Man. noted noted Chelsea fan Grant. I saw. I sent you that. Yeah, that's awesome. We love that. Was it Emily Kaplan had him on? Like she, I she, don't know if she she has a Chelsea podcast or something. She like does. That. She does have a Chelsea podcast. I I I didn't. I knew that she was like a fan. I thought she was like a fan of it for some reason. She'd like tweet it out all the time. I thought she was a fan of it too because I just saw Strafal on Twitter not long ago. Yeah, I like yeah. her stuff. And then she's great. I realized that it was her podcast because it said she had Peter Morazic on. So I might start listening to that to be. I subscribe. I subscribe to it. Uh, it's on my subscriptions for Apple. It's her and like two people from uh, London that are. I think one of them. I think one of them covers Chelsea, and then the other one. I don't know. I think this is like a fan, but either way, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, cool. we should go back to the game here. But yeah, the second goal that was. I don't know what was going on there. We had Giovanni Smith just absolutely losing a puck battle to five eleven Nick Jensen. And then Mark Stahl jumped way ahead of himself and created a two-on-one. That was a horrible play by Stahl. Not yeah, I'm more upset with Giovanni Smith on that play, to be honest. I just, Giovanni Smith should never be in the lineup. Simple sad. No. And I had notes of, like, uh, go after this game, but uh, I'll finish this thought with Lars Eller burying, which I think it was kind of a weaker goal. I think Grice – I mean, Grice was left out to dry, but I think, honestly, like, after the movie, he probably should have saved it, in my yeah. opinion. I just you're left out to dry basically. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. Like he would That's like to 50, have that one. Ba- You'd like to have one that one back, but in retrospect, it should have never happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is yeah, I know it's easy. A lot of, like I know I, a lot of fans try to blame the goalie first, and it, ultimately, I, I know I really don't blame the goalie first. I really got anything. No, I try to break down the play and see where it yeah, all stems exactly. from. Unless um, it's the Stuart in- Skinner play. Yeah, I don't blame that's, the goalie. that's <laughs> like. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's something like really obscene like that. I blame the equipment manager. His stick was broken. Ooh, true. Yeah. Um, with the Giovanni Smith conversation, what is he bringing to the lineup right now? Nothing. This is literally, he had a stretch there where we were high on him because he was actually doing what he was meant to do. And then he's just been a ghost for the last week and a half. 
you bring sadness to me because my Stanley Cup champion sits in the press box where I actually think he's been solid for us. Yeah, with I know Blash was talking about they hit a question about Giovanni Smith, which I mean doesn't often get questions about fourth line players, but he was mentioning how Giovanni Smith like had like games in a row where he's taking penalties, and it almost seemed like not that Blash like Blasho was happy with his play in the, first, the beginning, but like also it was like Giovanni was liability penalty wise. So it's almost like Giovanni stopped playing with that edge, so we stay out of the box, but then also that kind of takes away his game. He's useless. I think he's useless when he's not playing like that. Yes, I think when he when he's bringing that element, there's no one else on the team that brings that element. But well and he's also, great. yeah, like you said, he's also taking three penalties. So if he needs to find a way to do that without without taking three penalties a game, that really screws up momentum, right? Where I don't think Carter Rowney's going to save a game for you, but he's not going to hurt you at all. Right. And again, he's like, steady. He, yeah, like you said, like what he's been playing, he's been, he's been pretty good. Yeah. He doesn't hurt you. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the rest, the rest of this game, like there was really, I thought this was Cider and Raymond's worst game of the year. I don't know if you guys share that thought. Um, I thought Cider against Buffalo was his worst game of the year, even though he scored the overtime winner. Uh, I think I had talked to you about it, Garth, but I don't think I mentioned it in the last episode. Cider was, he seemed swamped. They were coming off a road trip, and this was the final game of a four-game road trip. He's playing 20 minutes a night. He's never experienced this. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it seemed like it had gotten to him a little bit. He didn't look bad, but I mean, he was just a little tired, it looked like. Well, that's my same point with Raymond as well. Raymond's never played over like 30 games in a season. Yeah, right. And he's playing. And he's playing four games a week. Where for London, he's playing like two a week. Yeah, plus at right. the highest level, <laughs> like the exactly. highest level. It's yeah. natural. It's natural for rookies to go through these. That's why they're rookies, right? They're not. Yeah. They weren't ready for the NHL before this. And you go through these scoring slumps like this. Or not even scoring slumps because I don't care about the scoring as much. But the fact that like he he was he wasn't like he didn't make any awful plays where I'm like that sucked. It's just he's kind of doing nothing out there. Yeah, he was. They're both well. Yeah, going through invisible, like, the motions. invisible. Yeah, is my yeah, going is through my the motions. Yeah, literally going through the motions, and they're out there, but invisible. Again, it yeah. should be reminded that Dylan Larkin, his rookie year, I think he had like a fifteen game goalless drought. I right. think like right away, like I think he had, he had like ten points in his first like fifteen games or something like that. Larkin did, and then after that, finished it up with going goalless for a long time. Yeah. So it's natural for these the rookies to go through these ebbs and flows of a season. So I'm not like upset about Raymond's play at all. It's just I'm I, I just made a note that I thought these were the worst games for those those two rookies. Yeah. But and again, no one no one really played well this game. No, and it's to be expected, right? So. Yeah. Exactly. It's you know. And I thought Grice honestly was fine this game. There wasn't again. It wasn't his fault that there's no offense. He had no goal support. Um. I didn't really take much else from this game. I don't know about you guys. I thought it was a pretty piss poor game. <laughs> yeah, offensively. Yeah, pitiful. Power play. Oh, my. The power play. We can go into the power play about this game. Power play sucked. Yeah. That's both actually, sides, yeah. Both sides, though. I mean, the PK was pretty good for the Red Wings, but power plays for both teams sucked. Yeah. We're not, yeah. No, nothing was being generated on the main advantage. No, and like I don't think there was any shots even taken this game. I don't think they didn't register a single shot this game on power play. It's one. It's one of those games where you wish you had the rule like the NFL does, where you can decline a penalty. 
and just be like, or to the, Red Wings, the Red Wings all of last season. Yeah, like, yeah, don't worry about it. Well, actually, no, we'll give you guys a power play. Yeah, Here. we're better than penalty kill. But yeah, last year we were. Yeah, I, I, I think this week, I think the 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 penalty kill took some big strides. Mm-hmm. A couple. And again, Blash will talk about this in one of the post games that he wasn't necessarily upset with the penalty kill structure; he was upset with the results. Because obviously rocking a 70% doesn't look good, but he thought that people were doing the right place. It's just like goals were going in against them. Yeah. Which yeah. I kind of agree with, but I also kind of don't. Because there were some plays where I, I would see that I didn't like. I like how he said that in confidence, though, because he's always he's always pretty straightforward with what he thinks. And I, I like that. I like knowing that he thinks that it's been good. I mean, there's been times where I don't think it's been good at all. And right, I think yeah. a lot of that has to come with inexperience with the system because you had your regulars last year that were pretty familiar and it just mm-hmm. kept getting better and better throughout the season. Right. So, and I think, I don't know, I, I've i liked what I've seen so far from the penalty kill. There's just been yeah. ups and downs. I, well, I agree. And, and this year, like, especially, like, I've, I've really liked what Blash has been saying about the team. There's not many times where I'm like, you're absolutely insane on this, Jeff. You know what I, I mean? I I'll like minorly disagree with something when it comes to like a player or something, but like overall, like I don't disagree with what he's preaching. Yeah. And also that's from outside looking in like on the power play. And also like when he's critiquing a player or talking about a player, it's through our eyes looking in, but we don't know exactly what he wants out of those players or what he told that player to do that game or the penalty killer, you know? So that's, so like, like Grant said, it's nice to hear that he's confident and confident in his answer and saying he's happy with how it's been. It's just, he's not happy with the results. Like how, like what you alluded to there, Garth. Yeah. So yeah, it's just outside eyes looking in. We don't know what's being told or being preached to the players from the coaching staff. So that's just yeah. my take on it really. Like it's nice to see that he's confident or that he's, I guess say pleased in a way with what's been going on. It's just not how results come out. That's, that's the shitty part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of finish up this game, uh, it almost seemed like Washington in the third just absolutely ran a trap. I haven't seen like a really, I don't know, such a, what's the word I'm looking for. It's so like a deliberate trap like that in a really long time. Since Philadelphia did it, I think it was. The, the Tampa, Nashville the and they literally played the one two two. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it was Tampa, wasn't it? It was Tampa. Was it Tampa? Yeah, it was Philly to Tampa. Yeah. Oh well, no, no, no. Philly. Other way around. Other way around. It was Tampa did it to Philly because Marty San Louis. Marty San Louis was like the guy, like the the one. Oh the shift. right, right. That's right. Um, but yeah, the Red Wings couldn't get like there. I know they were showing the replays last night of the game, but Larkin would get get a rush up the zone. And me, like he would get the whole, he would break the puck out of the defensive zone, but immediately the neutral zone, he's met by the four checker mm-hmm. and he wouldn't get, they, they clogged up the neutral zone so well. So, I mean, again, like kudos to Washington. They played a great road game. Especially missing Backstrom and Oshie too. They, they, got the, they had to, the, and Mantha, yeah, they had the lead and they just played so sound defensively where they shut, they shut down every opportunity that the wings could have, may have had, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't give him a chance to get any opportunities, I should say. And cool. I, I really loved the video of Bukali after going back to the, the room after that. That was cool. 
again, yeah, like cool. it sucks. It, it sucks against the Red Wings, but any other time, like you gotta be happy. You, you gotta be pumped for the guy. Yeah, I like how he's he uh, was wearing sixty two because Theodore or sixty number sixty because yeah, of Theodore. Theodore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, the Red Wings really needed uh, after that. They really needed a big performance against Montreal. And going into that game, I being granted, I wanted to start a segment. We'll do it. I'll, I'll introduce you to it at the end of the the podcast here, Andy. But Grant and I did predictions for the weekend and whatnot. We predicted Washington would beat the Red Wings, but we said Montreal it was there's a must win for the Red Wings. And they they showed out. Yep, they showed out. Um, not without its bumps. I'm not gonna lie. I was on edge the entire game. I thought they were gonna blow it. Um, we had Ned was Ned was the starter. Rowney went in for Giovanni Smith, and right away Ryan Paling scores the fourth line scores on the fourth line for the Red Wings, which is always yeah. tough to see. You don't like for a fourth line. You never want to see them lose the battle because oftentimes it's kind of where like you make or break a game is in the bottom six. Yeah, and uh, Ned had no idea where that puck was. You could yeah. not see anything there. Ryan Paling, which they told a cool story about Paling, like taking the train to games because he plays for, obviously he got called up from Laval and, he's right. taking, cause, and he lives in downtown Montreal. So you take the train to Laval. So imagine just a hockey, like one of the, like the, the biggest project prospects for your team. Take, you see him on the Are train. Are you sure that was Paling? I thought it was Pizzetta. No, I think they're talking about Paling. Huh. I thought they were talking about Paling. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I swear it was Pizzetta. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not sure. I, I I read I heard something about that, but I was I wasn't watching the game at that point because I was at the the Laker game. So, anyways, one of the I two. No... How'd the Laker game go? Uh, they played they played decent. They had six guys out with COVID, so they they had a That's lot a of tough one. Yeah, they, they played against Bemidji too. So Bemidji's kind of right. Yeah, Bemidji is one of those teams that's weird. They play up or down to their opponents. So, I think if Laker, I think if Lake State had the their top guys like Perch, if Perch Alley was in and stuff like that, they would have kind of walked all over them, to be honest with you. Gotcha. But yeah. My yeah. Um, so, kind of like a definition, after, like we kind of follow this up with some the second line, which again, dra- driven by Suter, who makes a really nice stretch play to Zadina. And it's kind of like what I've been talking about with a while with Zadina. It's his confidence is his confidence is gone again. Mm-hmm. The breakaway shot where he shoots it right into the right into the pad of uh, Jake Allen. I just don't understand that you have so much time and space and he shoots right into him. That kind of pissed oh, me watching off. The, watching the highlight pack again, I was like, you had, there was, like, in, in the moment, you're kind of like, all right, he shot it. Like, he made the decision. He had four steps in the defender behind him. Yeah. He could have e- easily made a move to the net because he had no yeah, speed yeah. going. It wasn't like a half breakaway. He was, it was, he was in from the red line in. And it's not like he's a slow player. No, he's, he's, he's quick. He wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's fast, but he's quick. Yeah, he's, He's got some speed to him where four steps should be enough to make a move or at least get closer to change the angle, you know, change, change something rather than just burying it right into the, the leg of Jake Allen. Yeah, for sure. And like early on, the only the second line really had the offense, like any offensive pressure, like the first line was really tied up in the defensive zone from Montreal. I think they were going against, I'm assuming they were going against the Suzuki line, I think. Yeah, I think that's with the matchup, and they Suzuki line was winning possession easily the first period. Um, but another like another thing, so I mentioned that Card Rowney is coming back in, and I just think it was interesting that 
in the beginning of the year when we were doing the lineup projections, we kind of viewed Cardarani being in contention for a roster spot over Mitchell Stevens when we didn't really look at Smith. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you guys remember that, but like looking back at it now, it's kind of funny that that we are always we were so pigeonholed on that versus now where you look at it where Carter Rowney just brings so much more offense than Giovanni Smith, which isn't saying much. Right. It's just it's it's kind of a, like again, Grant said that Carter Rowney's been pretty good this year, and I completely agree. He's been right, kind yeah. of a not like yeah, kind of like a safety blanket a little way. You kind of know where you're getting from him. Yeah. He's he's been consistent in what he brings every night. So exactly like safety blanket, you know what you're gonna get from him. And right now, he's like you said, he's bringing more offense than Smith, which isn't saying a whole lot at all. But and moving forward, he might be the fourth line center. He might move back to center after the the Stevens injury. I hope mm-hmm. not, because that means Giovanni's in the lineup full time. I hope they call up someone. To be honest, I don't think Giovanni's good at all. Yeah, I mean, so we'll get that in a little bit, but uh. So that the period ends on a really weird play. The Dylan Larkin. So Dylan Larkin's at the end of the shift. He gets the puck and he goes in for kind of like a, not like, not like a half breakaway, but like the kind of the, he has a step on the defenseman and Jeff Petrie stupidly decides to push Larkin into Jake Allen when Larkin's going mm-hmm. at full speed and J and Jeff Petrie's going at full speed. Absolutely runs over Jake Allen. Like nothing Larkin can do on that. No. And then David Sabard pulls the, uh, I was going to say like a word I shouldn't say, but like it's just it's just jackassery what he did. And he shoves Dylan Larkin's head in the ice more after the fact that Jeff Petrie totally screwed your goalie. Yeah. And, and now he rang his head off the post. No, no, it wasn't. The, so uh, they were confused with that. I when, I when I was watching the replays, Larkin didn't hit the, his head on the net. He drilled oh. Jake Allen in the chest protector with his face. And then also David Spard shoved his face into the ice. Gotcha. See, from the one angle that I saw of it, it looked like. No, it looked like that. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It looked like that for a second. He must but... have got hit in the teeth so- with something, though, because he... Well, I'm assuming when he went into Jake Allen's chest protector, like, that didn't feel good, I'm assuming. No, and Jake Allen also, also hit his head on the post, too, which was not Yeah, crossbar. I felt bad for Jake Allen. Like that's... Yeah, that was just an asinine play by Petrie. Yeah, that was... P- Petrie's stupid. a shit. Petrie's an overrated defender. That's a piece of shit. That was a dirty play. Dirty a play d- by David Savard, dumb, too. Dumb, pl- dumb play by Petrie, not dirty. Just dumb. Yeah. I'm more I'm more pissed about the again. This is the I keep watching this in games, and there's another situation that happened to, in this in the same night. I don't remember what I don't remember what game it was, but a player will get pushed into a goalie, and the defenseman for the team that the team for the goalie that got pushed into immediately takes offense and starts wailing on the player that got pushed into the goalie. Yeah. Oh, it was um, it was the. It was a knee to the goalie's head when the player was trying to avoid it the other game. I can't remember who it was. He was kind of cutting across. Yeah, he was he was trying he tried to like avoid the goalie and he like put his leg up to try to avoid it, but his knee caught the goalie in the head. Yeah, because he tried like kind of jump. Like, I think it was against jumping. New York. It was it was just it was Shesterkin that got hit in the head, I think. Wasn't it Texier? It was Texier. Yes. That was what it was. It was the Columbus game. And then immediately Texier gets wailed on. And it's just I don't know. I hate this, I hate that version of the culture where it's like i understand your goalie got hurt like hurt but it's your fault yeah i think like, i think i actually i actually maybe i have less of a problem with the player standing up for the goalie more so than the referees do nothing about it right like there's yeah, no like, point 
for me, like I was when, when I know when I played and like I was a forward, so I could see the play happen. Mm-hmm. Where like if that if any play like like that, like the D would shove the opponent player into our own goalie. <laughs> I mean, you can't really get mad because what's the player going to do, right? Like, yeah, what's nothing the you can offensive do. player? He's nothing he yeah. can do. He's getting shoved in there, like so. Like obviously, then I'd be like, okay, well, can't really do anything. Can't get mad at that because if anything, you're going to get mad at your own teammate for trying to hurt your own goalie like yeah you call him a fucking in, idiot you call him a fucking idiot in between the periods right there on the ice yeah Nothing um back. but like the i think there definitely needs to be something to look like again like kind of goes back to the last year like the tom wilson situation where like he put he pushed the guy's head into the ice after the fact he got on like the remember that against the rangers he he was mm-hmm. on top of someone he punched someone in the like in the back his head went into the ice like if they want to limit concussions they really start looking at that play Yep. The the shit after the whistle, I think the refs need to be more snappy about it. I mean, that's a big controversy, but that wasn't. I don't think that was his head. That was more. No, I said he chest. hit his body, but I, he hit yeah. his body, but then the head went to the ice again. Yeah, that well, one. The one that the one, one to me isn't as bad as Savard. No, like, that's just no. I, the one I know this happened years ago, but I'll still never let this go. Is Shea Weber against Zetterberg smashed his? Oh yeah, that was yeah. so bad. Like, that was like, like 2012. That, that I think one I'll it was. Never let go. That's when uh, they yeah. first started cracking down on head checks and stuff like that. That year, That's pathetic. Yeah, like I will never let that go. I'll never forget that either. You're like, just like Randy. <laughs> Dad never lets that one go. He always oh. brings that up. <laughs> yeah, he's been a uh, he's been appreciating the sh- the shout outs on the podcast. Yeah, he'll, he'll appreciate this one. He <laughs> yeah, yeah he'll like that one too. One. Yeah, you like the Akposo. It's been three weeks in a row for Randy. It's a big month for him. <laughs> it's a big month for him. Yeah, after this, we're not talking about him ever. Um, <laughs> That's but again, I, I love how like George Paros just goes to bed at night, just you know, sleeps soundly in his little uh, violent gentleman onesie, thinking yeah. that he's doing a great job for the league. What a joke! Yeah, what like, a joke. Like, we can go. We can go on and on about just the season alone. The first 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 game alone uh, yeah. for the Wings about how many missed calls from hitting from behind head check or well head contact or dangerous plays I should say. And the but, irony is not the irony doesn't pass me the fact that George Peros, the head of NHL player safety, owns a clothing brand named Violent Gentleman. Mm-hmm. The irony in that is hilarious. But yeah, again, the, yeah, the refing. I, I love how like Gary Bevan's like we have the best refs. Like no, we don't. We don't. No. Um, Did, do you guys? Uh, I mean, Tim Peel is one of the best refs. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna get. At, is do you guys listen to Missing Curfew? No, uh, I do. Pe- I do occasionally, but I haven't listened in a while. Okay, Tim Peel was on there recently, and he said, like, they asked him about that his firing because he said he was one of the guys, one of the most respected refs in the league. Right. And because I mean. He's like he's the first because what he said is like I'm the first guy to admit, hey, I owe you one or like, yeah, that was I was wrong. Like he'll skate to the bench and tell the player or tell the coach, like, yeah, I was wrong. You're right. I, it, it, my first reaction was this, but I got it wrong. And uh, it's kind of an interesting interview because he doesn't go into it a whole lot about the firing, but he just goes, he goes, I just messed up. He's like, I messed up what I said. He was, I didn't mean it to say. I didn't like. I didn't mean to say what I said. He's like, just that's just what come out. And of course, like, there's a microphone around me. So, yeah, he. I listened to an interview because he signed on with Daily Faceoff. He works for Tim Peel. Works for Daily Faceoff. He's like their their repping yep. consultant, which is cool. 
and he had like a really he had a really emotional interview about it and I, obviously he was well liked but he was not well the rumor is he the league hated him so all the players yeah. liked him but the league the league hated him because he did an interview with Wyshynski like years ago like he got drunk at a bar and, and he gave a bunch of shit to Wyshynski about like how refing went down it's been like 2012 and like he almost got fired then about it I think that's how that went down I could be wrong but no I, I think you're right because he he said some he made a comment about that like uh yeah I said like he didn't go into detail because they're talking about about right. they're asking questions about like uh, the new rule changes and stuff and what the refs look for and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And what which I think sees. is a really important perspective, like for a guy who just got out of the league and you can kind of hear where the refs come from. Because yeah. obviously, I know that I, I when I say the refing sucks, I'm not directly blaming the refs. Obviously, they're told a certain thing. And this is how they want the game to be played. Yeah, yeah. They get they get they get an assignment. He said basically they get an assignment before every single game. Yep. Where they log on to their email, they like look out for this these tendencies and these players on these teams. This is your schedule for the week. Watch they they like, they watch film and stuff like well, that. Obviously, so like, obviously Bertuzzi was on that list because immediately after the Savard play, Bertuzzi slashed Savard, and that was so fucking. I was pissed so about that penalty. I was pissed about that penalty. Yeah. Not at Bertuzzi because like that's like he didn't hit him that hard. He barely touched him. Oh, that made me. Yeah. The refing sucked in this game. I, I, there's, there's, I, there's, there's, here's another thing that. So, talk, speaking of refing, because this happened at, uh, in one of the games last night, but it also happened to our boy Spencer Dembesti at the Laker game last night. Shout nice. out. Where, or I don't know. Sorry, it wasn't Dembesti, but um, he did take a. It was a penalty where he was falling, and he got kind of tripped up, and he was falling, and his like when he like rolled, hit his stick, like came up, and he was high sticking. It's not a penalty, in my opinion, right? No. But uh, but no. So in the Laker game, either Friday night, and then when the NHL games is where, how does this go? Like, uh, if I were to cross check you, but and you dive, or if I were to hit you and you dive, how do I get a penalty for cross checking? But you also get a penalty for embellishment. Shouldn't the penalty just be for embellishment because it's not a penalty? It shouldn't be a penalty if you're embellishing it, right? Like, right? No, no. that's this, that's that that rule change it was a couple of years ago where they really and like they really start calling the embellishment. Yeah, it's like then what? Which one's the penalty? You know what I mean? Right. Which one's the penalty? Like, yeah, because there was there was a there was a four on four situation later in the game in this game where there was an embellishment. Or no, no, it wasn't. It was just two roughings. Excuse me. But I thought gotcha. there was an embellishment. It was embellishment at some point this year. Yeah, because I, I remember it was like ironic because my like I was talking about it. I was like, well, how do you call a how do you call a penalty on one guy and then the next guy, the other guy? Like, unless it's blatant, like where I hack you across the hand, but then you're trying to sell it. But if it's like a bang bang play, how do you mm-hmm. call a penalty against the one guy who, and then you also call a penalty against him for embellishing? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Right. And that like, you even could have done that. You could have done that with the Savard. Savard kind of like sold the slash a little too much. Now, yeah, he pretended to f- stumble. Yeah. Uh, I could be I could be imagining that, but um kind of get the train back on the tracks here um with this game so sam montembeau had to go g- come into the game because jake allen obviously was concussion protocol because he got his head went off the post um which i'm which came in a little late like he t- there was another shift in between where like he was still out there so that was weird yeah <laughs> sorry real quick did you see uh, ryan whitney's tweet uh was it about this game or no it was about the the petri play oh yeah no i didn't he see goes, it 
he goes, he, uh, Petrie's really trying to speed up uh, Price's return or something like that. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, honest, honestly, I'm glad, like, it, this is, like, an obvious thing that, like, everyone saw. I mean, I mean it was pretty obvious, but, like, sometimes, like, you'll have, like, a crazy fan or something on Twitter be like, oh, that was Larkin. It was a dirty play. Well, I mean, you know I mean, there were a couple of Habs fans, if you really read and dig in. Yeah, like, I'm not going to dig fans. too too far on Habs Twitter, but. <laughs> if you need again, a translator, like, I got you. Most yeah. Habs fans are never mind. They're insane. I'll say it. They're delusional. They're compassionate. Sure, that's a They're passionate. Yeah. Passionate. <laughs> Del- delusionally compassionate. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Sam Montebo comes in comes in with like 30 seconds left in the period. So we go in one nothing down. And right away in the second period, Larkin gets the first goal. Phil Phil Heron Phil Heronic, honestly, he's playing real good. It's I love sweet, his game right now. Mm-hmm. Sweet drop play to Larkin, and Larkin says, "You know what? I'm going to shoot this from no angle." Grant, I know you weren't happy, but you you thought this could be a bad shot. I was like, "Why are you shooting it right there?" And then I was like, "You have so much time; you can just wrap around the net or something with it." And he just takes a ridiculous angle shot. And I'm like, "All right, we love it. We love as, it." As as it went, I'm like, "Okay." Every time there's goals scored like that like from just a bad angle like that i can't help but think of that picture that uh oh it was the heater on twitter always picks of a, a trip, tweets out like once a month of danny heatley two feet jason spetzer jason spetzer re- recreated it this week yeah yeah so like that like just he's in the corner absolutely just ready to tf one time <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's hilarious it. Makes um, me chuckle. but the yeah the skull i was really awesome i i love i love when larkin scores I just love, yeah, love it. Um, yeah. So right, like, kind of following, like, it was about a minute later. They were like literally announcing the goal with a PA system in the arena. Cider uh, gains entry to the zone very smartly, like goes right through the neutral zone. I love, like, that's what a defenseman, like a good puck moving defenseman, needs to do is get entry, like get over the blue line, then make your play. And that's been a big problem in our losses this year. Is my mm-hmm. big takeaway is how bad our neutral zone has been, whether it's break-ins or just defensive coverage in the neutral zone. Our neutral zone's been a shit show. And mm-hmm. I thought, like, Cider showing patience and poise in the neutral zone, that's huge. Yeah, so he gets in, he cuts, he he throws it to Fabry, right? Yeah, he dishes it, yeah, he dishes it down to Fabry, who then Fabry throws it to the slot and Suter catches it and Suter rips it. I saw some people calling it a weak goal. I don't know. I thought it was a good shot. It was a hard shot. It was a yeah. hard shot. I know the placement was weird because it was right under his glove. But, again, that's where you want to be shooting at a goal. You want to be shooting at his knees, which is where that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, Suter was pumped up. It fired up the crowd. Love it. I'm honestly a little surprised that Zadina didn't get one of the assists on that. It looked like on the replay that Zadina hit the inside of his foot. I'd imagine it hit the other skate, but I didn't really look at it. I, I watched usually, it a couple usually, times. Usually, they change it back right away. I know they usually wouldn't. I think since the day has passed, they haven't changed it until Sider's assist. But so I, I thought for a second, hit. yeah, it looked like it hit a skate in general. So it might have been the Montreal player. But um, yeah, either way, great play. And honestly, that second line had a great game. And I know I, I kind of I was going to wait till the end, but I, I kind of want to talk about it now since we're on it. But uh, when does Zadina production come? When does it come? After we trade him, I'm not confident in it right now. Stop it! No, I I'm... think it. No, no, I'm talking to Andy. Andy said when we trade him. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that's when it comes. I think he's. I think it's going to come, man. I, he has. I know he had, he had another chance in this period where Heronic threw him that slap pass in the back door. He just missed, and then he had a couple like where he's buzzing with Suter getting in like the rebound and whatnot. But he's just doing all of the right things. It's just a matter of time he gets rewarded. You know what well, I, mean? I mean, it's not a point of getting rewarded when you miss a backdoor pass tap in. That's on you. Yeah, I agree. It's I can't stick extent. up for him anymore. No, it's not that, like that's all on him. No, that was yeah, a perfect like... placement pass. It's just a hot pass. You have to catch that. You're in the NHL. You have yeah, to it's also it. it's also not like the puck was bobbling or like hit a rut in the ice and popped up or anything. Yeah, it was it's the same pretty... thing. Ernie caught another one. He got a hot pass right in the back door. All he needed to do is catch it and put it on his backhand, and he had a wide open net, and he mi- he just missed it completely. Oh, Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi did that too with Raymond, the Raymond play. Yeah, that one that was a guaranteed slam dunk goal, and Bertuzzi just whiffed on it. Yeah, the, the power the, the power play one, Grant. You remember that one? Uh, I do not. I'm trying to think of it. I remember Bertuzzi missing one. That must have been it. Yeah, it was Raymond also Raymond, with Bert- one time, one time the one time the pass it was like a slap pass, and oh Bertuzzi, yeah. That was a good Bertuzzi play. Missed. I do. It remember was a really that. good play. But also, yeah. Bertuzzi scores enough of them where you're like, okay, that happens once in a while. It happens no, to Zena just... all the time. Yeah, it's situational for sure. Because yeah. I'm not. Again, I'm not too worried about. Like I've seen, there was a comparison through 100 games versus Jacob Verana and Zadina, and Zadina has like more, has better numbers than Verana, comparatively. And again, you kind of weigh it. I know, like you can make the argument both ways whether like oh, Verana played on the better team. But then you look at Zadina played with worse talent. So my so my prediction is right on path. Then after we trade him, <laughs> yeah. But no, no. But Verona had like he had a couple like he had a couple fifty point seasons for the Capitals. Yeah, yeah, I know. But so that's still that's still that's still producing. Like that's a good second yeah, line player. Exactly. I, I, again, I mean, produce like popping off to the fact of being a first line player. Verona did after being traded. Yes. Right. Yeah. But um. Again, I'm I'm only I'm asking. This is still Zadina. This is Zadina's first full year. If we look at it, yeah. I mean, I mean, technically he's played like a full season, like with the other, like with the, all of the other games combined, and like over that full season, I think it's like 37 points he would have had over that like 82 game pace or whatever. Right. Which for yeah. a rookie, that's that's good numbers. So this is the kind of year where you're like, all right, where are we going to be at? Even this year, like. I predicted obviously he was gonna have like fifty-seven points and lead lead the Red Wings in goals, which doesn't look like, looks like a pretty bad take at this point. But I think yeah. it's gonna come. I do. I, I'm holding it like I and again, if it doesn't, I'm not calling him a bust. He's I not said a bust. Like, what how many goals did I say? Like fifteen. 18, I think he I think you said like eighteen. I did not say that much. I said at, like at most fifteen. I thought I, I was think around I said 12 16, to 15. I think I said sixteen or seventeen, so that's probably okay. where you're thinking, Garth. Yeah, maybe. But again, I said like, on a good on a actually no, I said like twelve to fifteen for oh, him, yeah, maybe, and that's probably where I'm at right now. Is ten yeah. to twelve? I don't. Know. I think he could, with all the chances he's getting game to game. Like if a couple of them start going in, I think he could still hit twenty. If he starts capitalizing on his chances, he could already be at twelve to fifteen. <laughs> Again, I'm not at the point where like we're at Michael Rasmussen. We've completely sold off Michael Rasmussen. Like he's gone. Like Zadina is still a good player. Yeah, Zadina has in- value. It's just a point of I'm done. I'm done like making excuses for, for him. I'm I'm at the point where you need to finish. He does good. other good things on the ice where Rasmussen doesn't do anything good. Yeah, so I guess I, 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 I just I I disagree with both of you. I guess I, I think I think I think it's gonna come. And 
I hope you're right. But I hope you're right too. Been, yeah, but from what I see is like what Zadina brings, what Zadina has brought, and like what he has for the rest of his game is what Rasmussen needs, and he doesn't have. So I right. could almost see if that doesn't come, ship Rasmussen out and drop Zadina down to your third line, and he'll be a great third liner. I think right. Zadina is going to end up being a good third liner in the future, no matter what. Yeah, but is if that, especially if that offensive. Uh, potential doesn't come through mm-hmm. that's where i see it i, know, I guess i look at it like I, I think you guys are a little half glass half empty i'm a glass half full i view like him being ahead of schedule on every other pl- game like asset aspect of his game like on, right. on the other side of the puck where just as the offense hasn't come where we expected it to be the other way around i guess when he was developing right which we all said that in previous episodes too it's just right i'm with i'm with, like, I, like, you're, like you're saying i'm more with grant where Man, he's. It's not like he's not doing the right things. It's just he's not finishing on these opportunities that are being handed yep. to him. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I, th- I like Andy said. I see him being a really good third liner in the future, and a average to below average second liner. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I yeah. guess we'll get this. We, we, get, we can we can revisit this conversation for like you know twenty games from now, and we'll see we'll see how that's going. You know, right. But I hope I'm again, right. I, obviously, I hope I'm right. But again, yeah. you, I could be wrong. I'm. I'm not. I'm not dismissing the fact that, like, it looks like that right now. Right, and it's just where we're coming from. Is just it's. I mean, I know he's only had a hundred games or hundred and one now, right? Yeah, it's like he's. Yeah, those big hundred and two. Yeah, it's so oh, early to judge. Like he could still break out. He right. could still break out, but at this point, from what we've seen, and like. The seasons that where he has played, yes, there's the COVID rookie. You know, he's a rookie, mm-hmm. and there's the COVID break, and then, then, then the last year was a shortened season, and we were absolutely terrible in both those years. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> you know, that's so, why that's why I kind of compared it to Jacob Verona, where like you kind of have the two opposites, like yeah. where they both kind of play a factor. Where like Jacob Verona plays with really really good talent, and then Zidane right. plays with really really bad talent. And then also, if you go with this Ugh. year, like you have. <laughs> You have they brought Suter in, and then you also have Raymond playing in the top six. So Zadina is kind of being overlooked at in those opportunities from a lot by Raymond in that top line. I know we were looking at we were almost looking at Zadina's possibly playing on that first line with Larkin and Bertuzzi. So you mm-hmm. keep going into how Verona kept playing with really really good talent, and Zadina kept playing with really really bad talent. Can you like? Uh, go further on that and explain what you mean by that. Okay. Well, so with Jacob Verana, like regardless, I know sometimes he's playing third line minutes. He mostly he was, played third line. He was, but he's still there. playing. He was still playing with like the third line players like Lars Eller and Connor Sheary versus the fact of where Zadina was first breaking into the league. He was playing with Franz Nielsen and whoever. Yes, but he didn't play with them that long. I mean, like last Again, year. like Jacob Verona, like a lot of games as well, he was still playing with like second line minutes. Like he'd also, he'd bounce up and down the lineup. But and he usually didn't play more than too. 13 minutes a night. And Zadina's been getting power play looks too. I mean, he's gotten all the opportunities in the world, in my opinion, Zadina, where he's been playing more minutes than Verona has in Washington. Yeah, but you're also. Yeah, I think minutes wise. Where Garth's coming from is you have a, a cup championship caliber team with, you know, he's, he's around those players where you go to Detroit and it's not, we're not anywhere close to that. I guess I see what you mean, Garth, but like in the recent history, Zadina has not been playing with bad talent. 
he was on the first line almost all of last year, except when he played with Domestikov and Gagne. I guess I, I over I guess I overstated myself with bat really really bad talent, but like comparative to the talent Verona was yeah. playing with. Because I understand what you mean there, because you're saying, well, he played with Nielsen and and Philpola. right? That that makes sense. You're saying bad talent. They're both at the end of their careers and they're pretty washed up. And Verona's playing on a really good third line, but Verona didn't really get chances. I mean, you look at his five on five scoring, which we've talked about quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's top notch. Yeah. And he's and I guess like sheltered minutes. I'll keep going on this, I guess. But like with Zadina, I didn't realize this would be such a discussion, but I, I like that it is. This is a good thing to talk about. But yeah. Zadina, like again, with Zadina last year, where this was his first, like last year was kind of his first full season, even though it's 50 games, whatever. Um, You had guys like Bertuzzi wasn't in the lineup at all. Like, so Zadina a lot of the time was playing second line minutes where his second line players were, I think at one point it was like Philpola and Nemesnikov or Nemesnikov Gagne. So again, like that, he played a lot of minutes like that, yeah, last year. So that's tough to produce with that. It is comparative, right. and when you're going against other teams' talent, which is second line talent. Yep, I I so, agree with you on that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So I think I like both of our arguments here, and I like that we're both thinking differently here. We'll and we'll see what I'll, I'll see where it ends up. No, yeah. I'm excited for Verona to come back too and see what happens with the lineup. And I they, hope Verona gets to play with Zadina. And if they stick them two together, because I thought Zadina did a good job like feeding Verona last year mm-hmm. when they had the brief stint together. And I think that yeah. makes the second line so much more dangerous because I ultimately I'm not too worried about our second line right now. If you're an opposing team, we don't mm-hmm. really have that scariness about it. Right. I don't know. There's nothing, there's nothing that really stands out. We're like, hey, we have to watch out for this. There's no, Every, yeah. Yeah every given night like you know there's there's flashes of it but every every line has their flashes of oh look at this right mm-hmm. so i guess go back yeah we'll, we'll go back in the game i really like that conversation like that was that was good i think that was needed to yeah. be done and we'll revisit this at some point this year obviously at some point but uh go back to this game but we had uh i kind of alluded to this earlier with carter rowney possibly playing for, fourth line center but stevens takes a really rough spill behind the net and he got up i was happy that he got up on his own but he had to be helped off the bench. So I think he probably sprained his ankle. I don't think he would have been able to get up if he broke his ankle. I don't know. Hockey players are tough, man. I'm I'm really worried about that, to be honest. That's such a huge loss for us. Mm-hmm. I think – yeah, I think so. Um, so my question is, I, what do you do with the lineup now? Okay, so – I want to hear Blaschel, you guys' predictions first. No, no, so Jeff Blaschel mentioned this. Oh, It was, oh. It was today because someone asked him if they're going to call someone up. He's like, well, we have 12 healthy forwards and seven healthy D ultimately when you're going on a road trip, you don't want to just have 12 forwards. Right. Yeah. So he's going to call someone, they're going to call someone up. I just don't know who it's going to be. I obviously want to hear what I would do. I think I know where you're going. I think, I think I know where you're going, but I'm going to, so ideally you want Joe Valeno, right? Like that's the fun pick, but I think they might go with someone like Chase Pearson. Oh, okay. I would do it a little different. Okay, go ahead. I'm changing up that whole bottom six. Okay. So I would bump. Are you going to throw Rasmus into the fourth line center? I had yeah. this in my mind of what okay. I was going to do. I think I would bump Ras to the fourth line center. And you go Valeno with three C. Oh no, 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 no! I think I would keep I would keep Ras in this third line center and keep Nemestikov up. Bring Ernie down. Put Hiroshi on the third line and have Ooh. Ernie, Rowney, and Gagne on the fourth line. Nobody can see this, but I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm, doing, 
I'm doing the stank face. Hiroshi's mm. playing really good hockey right now down there. And I think it's going to hurt Valeno a little bit more if you keep calling him up and down. Um, another play with that, another sneaky. I'm not a huge fan of the second unit of the power play because Sam Gagne is kind of playing net front. And I think I'd rather like Pew Suter play that net front. And, and Hiroshi did really good in the bumper in preseason. He's playing really good on the power play right now, too. That's what um, he, that's what you, so I think you almost like if you look at it from the special teams aspect. Yeah. Another thing is I, I heard Ben Simon talk about Valeno a little bit. And he he kind of mentioned that Valeno's kind of a little bit almost I wouldn't say bummed out, but he's kind of telling him that he doesn't need to score two points a night to get called back up. He's just focused on his defensive game because he plays a good defensive game. And it sounds like Valeno's just realizing that. I mean, he has three goals in seven games now in the minors, mm-hmm. which isn't great productive production-wise. But right. if he can just get used to being a two-way center, that's what you need. Yeah, kind of. I now now that, like you're bringing that. I kind of hope they don't call up Valeno. I hope they don't. Don't we I have to? We, don't we have to also watch how many times we call him up? No, his con- no. he can't be slid. No, he can't. No, no, okay. he, no. So yeah, you don't have to worry about Valeno in that sense. Okay, I get what okay. you mean. There's a certain point after the year when when you hit like I think it's after the trade deadline you only can have five oh, call ups. I think that's, that's what you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah, that's that's probably what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, I I like the Hiroshi's the sexy pick, but I think I think Chase Pearson would be like a a fun move as well. To like kind of Chase huh? Pearson, I think Chase Pearson has like nine points in twelve games right now too. He's been good, man. I like Chase I, Pearson. I think Hiroshi has like thirteen and twelve, or in same with Barber. Yeah. I'd be good with I'd be good with Chase. I'd be good with any of the three. Like I'm obviously gonna be pumped if Valeno gets called up because I like Valeno. <laughs> Me too. But Boys, I think, it, I think with our reasons, I think it most makes the most sense to do. Winter's coming up. Winter's yeah, back down. Hell yeah! Hey, he's... we're still have the over. We still have the over under bet. Yeah. yeah. I thought I thought Cause... that Washington game with the two defensemen questionable. I thought Winter was gonna get in. Oh. <laughs> well, think about this. You're on a road trip. You need need a fourth liner. Well, Witter can play fourth line forward, but hey, if one of the D go down, too. Buddy can go back on the point and control that utility. Point. <laughs> this is a good point, and then yeah. you end up playing all three games on this this week. Oh on Real, right. all right, I'm gonna get yeah. back. I'm gonna get back. I want to get back to this game. We need to finish this Montreal game. Um, Grant and I were talking <laughs> about this, but the the Chris Weidman goal, I was pissed for a second at Robbie Fabry. Me too. So he. Back checked Lekkonen because it was a weird play where it was a where he was the last man back, and Lekkonen he hits Lekkonen but Lekkonen's elbow comes up and hits Fabry in the jaw. Lekkonen goes down hard into the boards, and Fabry's like checking his like face and he's like holding his face, but then Lekkonen makes like this lucky ass backhand pass to the slot where Weidman wires it top corner. I was ultimately like I was at first I was really pissed at Fabry because I thought like I'm like he stopped on the play there, but he was hurt and he was shaken up. He's trying to draw another two pimps. Yeah. <laughs> trying but to sell ult- a bit. Ultimately, like both players like left the game for a little bit. I don't think Leckoning came back, but Fabry ended up coming back. Um I don't know, would you like am I seeing that right? Are you guys agree with that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Ultimately, the D coverage, like, after that, like, no one was – nobody was anywhere near Weidman, which sucked. I don't know where that other – I don't know. I know Pew Suter was the closest guy, but he's also center, so he doesn't really need to be covering the point. Yeah. To be fair, out of anyone to leave open, it would be him, unfortunately. He just buried. 
Yeah, right. And again, like <laughs> Ned, it's a wide open shot, and like Ned got got his corner picked. Like it's fine. yeah, yeah. Um, but that's when I was like starting to freak out because like the I thought the third period was the Red Wings looked really shaky, and, and Alkovich played out of his mind. Yeah, I watched. I think I, I think I left with like three minutes left, four minutes left, and it was all in the Dalkovich for the first 16, 17 minutes that I watch. For sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, ultimately the Red Wings hang on. There wasn't really, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I'm not really thinking of any chances that really the Red Wings look dangerous to, to end the game in regulation, to be honest, unless I'm missing something, Grant. I can't really think of anything. There was... Yeah, it, it seemed like it was. There was a lot of neutral zone play, but Montreal was having the majority of the chances. Um, but we go into overtime, and of course, Grant's favorite player starts off overtime. Dude, I'm f- so sick okay. Of this shit. I want to. I want to defend Rass a little bit here. I thought Rass like played pretty well in his overtime. No, like he made that really oh. good drive to the net, and I know you didn't like the possession <laughs> on that, but like he had that wide open chance, and like nothing bad happened off of that afterwards. When has Rass ever driven the net and scored? When has Rass ever driven the net? Period. He started to. He did it twice this game and like actually had decent chances. I'm happy he doesn't he have to hands do to do that. Yeah, I know, but like at least he's trying. He's using his frame at least. Win the faceoff and get off the ice. And Rass recently can't even win the faceoff. I I have no idea why they're starting him in overtime. Fabry's going to win just as many faceoffs as him. Why don't they just play Fabry and Bertuzzi off the gun? Yeah, I, I agree with I agree with that in that sense. We're from like looking at it from the beginning perspective, but I think Rass did fine, re, like in retrospective, what actually happened. And then they so and then they put Carter Rowney out there for faceoff too, which he, he ended up winning. One. Yeah, he won that one. But if and he I loses, like that, yeah, he yeah, I know you lose, then you're you're screwed. But, which I didn't really agree with because like Larkin was already out there. I know that's the handedness, the backhand forehand situation. But again, like if you're a, a number one center in the league and you can't win a face off on your other side, you shouldn't be a center. Uh-uh. I agree. That's kind of like my hot take. I know it's yeah. nice to have a guy that I know it's nice to have a guy that can do, play like play wing and also take face offs, but it doesn't matter. Well, that kind of that kind of leads back into a conversation we had on a previous episode where <laughs> on any other team we don't see Larkin as being a one center, a one C. Yeah, I know. He's kind of changing my mind this year. I'm not gonna lie. I still think he's an average one C, and he'd I think make he's an it, average. I think I'd, he's an average. He's an average one C, but he'd be a, he can win one of the best second line centers in the league. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, but the after like, well, Rasmussen was still or no, yeah, it was Rasmussen still on the ice, but Fabry made that he misjudged how hard he was throwing the puck back because I think he wanted to go to Ndalkovich for the for the change, and he threw it too lightly, and it was a two on one the other way, and Ndalkovich made a great save. And then we came out with the, again the Rowney face off and Larkin out there, but the Rowney gets the change and Raymond comes on, and it was a, it was a two on one the other way, Heronic and Larkin kind of break up the pass and Larkin kind of takes it off the chest and him and Raymond go down for the two on one. He feeds Raymond in front, Raymond fakes the backhand, which I thought honestly I thought he was going to shoot that, but uh, fakes the backhand misses and then Larkin scores from the same exact spot as he did for his first goal of the game. Uh, it was awesome. I, I love to see the guys get on the board. Raymond, Raymond hugging everyone. Those pictures were wholesome. Love that. Uh, pump for the guys to get finally get a win against Montreal. Back to the winning ways against the Habs. Yeah, this last game we played against the Habs this year too. Yeah, that's right. 
which is weird. I'm 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 still getting used to like sometimes in the division games, like some some of the games are we only play the opponents three times. So yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I think I saw some people online blaming Sam Mont- Montenbeau for the loss to Montreal, which I thought he played fine, honestly. It's just um, fab that Habs fans. Yeah, yeah really exactly. Smart. I agree. Um, yeah, overall, like I think the game had its it had its problems, but I think some guys like played well. I thought the second line had a good game. Uh, the first line I didn't think played particularly well, but I thought they had their moments. Like I think Larkin played really well, but then Bertuzzi and Raymond didn't have great games. Yeah, it's like not all cylinders are firing. Like at yeah, all exactly. Yeah. It was, it, but our biggest cylinder, Ned, was firing. He was yeah. Um, but I kind of wanted to like, I think Nadal which is like, I know it's nice to have the tandem going, but I think down the stretch, like when we get in like game like 30 or 40, I think Ned's going to get a start getting a run of games. If he keeps it up. Like, I think he's going to get like two out of the three games. You know what I mean? Moving yeah. forward. When you look at it like that. Um, I wouldn't up, be surprised. He's up to a nine eighteen this year. Save percentage wise. And since the, I saw this on Twitter since the first game of the year, we're against the Tampa Bay where he let in seven goals. He's at, he's at a nine thirty on the year, which is yeah. kind of fun to think about. Um, I had, I had this in my notes, but do we think Nadalkovich makes the U the U S Olympic team? I think that's a possibility. Thatcher Demko with the way he's playing right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and- so I, I want to like, so I like had a conversation with Fugue, like Ryan Fugue about this, my friend who's an Islanders fan. We were talking about how bad we feel for Demko because I don't think Demko is playing that bad. It's just Vancouver sucks in front of him, mm-hmm. and he's letting in he let in seven goals last night or whatever. And I don't really blame Demko. It's just like again, like it looks bad on paper to take Demko. So I think it's kind of between. I had a list of four guys. It's between the third goalie spot because obviously John Gibson and Hellebuck are the easy locks for the goalies. Yeah, but I had Nadalkovich, um, Cal Peterson, who's not having a great year. Yeah, Jonathan Quick's been better than him. Jonathan, maybe Jonathan Quick gets a third goalie. Um, I picked Jonathan Quick up in fantasy as well. Quicker's uh, been that, good. Yeah. Anyway, Thatcher Demko and who's the other goalie? Oh, Jack Campbell are the, yeah. for that third goalie spot. I, I think right I now still it's, I, think, I think it's between Campbell and Nadelkovich. I still don't think Campbell's good. I think he's good. I I, I disagree with you, Grant. I think he's. <clears throat> I don't think he's going to be a solidified number one starter. Yeah, I don't but, think he's an elite right, starter, but I think he's a good. I think he's a good one. I have so many hot takes about goalies, though, so I probably just shut up. Like, I think Campbell's bad. I think Grubauer's bad. I think Mont. Or I, think, I don't think uh, I don't think Grubauer being bad is a hot take, though. Okay. No, it's not. That's just kind of um, par for the course. But I think but, if Nedeljkovic keeps this up, like I think he's probably on the long list of players that could go. I think he keeps yeah. this up. And I, another guy, I think, obviously, I mentioned like the past couple of games, he hasn't been great, but I think Lucas Raymond might be a long shot to make Sweden. I said that. Yeah, you said that. You said that. You said that beginning of the year, and I'm like, well, I don't think he's so still young. But like, if you look at it production wise, like he's probably like. This was six. like a week and a half ago. I said this, and you kind of no. Shut you me said down. that longer. You said it longer ago. Uh, it was like, first. It was, it was. It was more recently than you're saying, Garth. But I was. It was within the last month or so. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, it was after. It had to have been after his hat trick game. Okay. Regardless, okay, so it's, let's say it's a month, but I mean, a month is a lot yeah. of time for someone's opinion to change. Yeah, yeah, so that's where I'm that's, at. I think I think Lucas Raymond is a long NHL shot season. to make. I think I think he's he's on the the long list to make Sweden. Well, there's a lot of players you can't tell me that are more valuable than him for like right. Or you value more than a team on a team Sweden right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's 
that team's going to be interesting to me to see what they there's they they lack kind of the top end talent but they have like a lot of good nhl players because that yeah also like media in sweden seems to think simon evanson's gonna make the team which would also be really interesting to me if he makes it as like an eighth defender or something like that i just don't see i don't see him i don't see him making it at all like and I've been a huge fan of Edvinson this year. Do you really think like Oliver Ekman Larson's better than him though? Right now, yeah. <laughs> Dude, watching Oliver Ekman Larson is a joke. I still think Oliver Ekman Larson gets on the team with the pedigree that he has. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying, yeah. but but how much do they value Edvinson? Because the guys overseas, like the media, like like Cronwell's brother and all those guys, they mm-hmm. love Edvinson. Which also it's it's great. Like it's a great thing to for him moving forward, but uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of interesting discussion with a lot of the young players moving forward with the Red Wings. I don't know. I'm almost more excited for U20 World Junior Championships than the Olympics. I think I was more excited last year because we had Raymond playing. Oh, dude, I'm so pumped this year. But uh, I yeah, I'm excited to watch as well. Um, yeah, kind of previewing the next couple games here. We play play tomorrow night versus columbus, columbus. Mm-hmm. then we play tuesday in dallas and then thursday thursday vegas. in vegas or no it's arizona vegas. or no no vegas right arizona saturday. saturday yep um so i guess let's preview a couple of the game let's go let's do yeah monday tuesday how we think we're how, how do we think we're gonna do against columbus and dallas i want to start doing i want to start keeping track of uh of these and we can maybe like throw a beer uh, or something oh uh, i a couple bucks Go first if you want. Okay. I go overtime loss in Columbus tomorrow. Okay. Win in Dallas. Okay. Andy. Loss loss in Vegas. Are you going all the way? I was through? just gonna do the first two games. I just want to do the first two games. Okay. Andy. Yeah, I see it. I can see us going to OT tomorrow against Columbus. Can you say it's a win or loss? I like that you're with me there, Andy. I no, see. I, I see it's it's a close game. The win loss will have to depend on how our top line's performing. If gun to your head, I th- I, I like to say bounce back and get a win there. All right, all right. I all like right. to see I like to see that that first line get a bounce back game. All right. I, you know, um, Dallas. In Dallas. Well. They're not doing well. So I I think we could that would be another close one, but you going sweep? You going sweep those two games? Yeah. Now you going Dallas? Yes. Yeah, I think I might go Dallas, but I don't know. Um I'm agreeing with tough. you. I'm going with Andy on this one. I think Columbus, I think I think I'm gonna agree with you. The first line's gonna bounce back. I think we win like four one. Um okay. but with Dallas, I think the Red Wings do like historically they're not too great against Dallas unless it's they're going to be someone so score- motivated. Unless someone scores a four-goal game. Dylan Larkin's going to be really motivated this game after oh, Jamie right. Benn cross-checked oh. in the deck. I yeah, still think they true. lose. I still think they lose. I'm going to go. I'm gonna go so I'm gonna go this is a really – if the Red Wings have any insight of making the playoffs this year, I've looked at these four games a lot recently. It's you huge. play Columbus, huge. Dallas, Vegas, a banged-up Vegas, and Arizona. And Arizona. If you win, you could. These are four winnable games, very winnable games, and you're 12 6 and 2 at this point. Mm-hmm. You know how huge that is if you have any, like, like, I think you need to go 3 and 1 here at least if you have yep. 
I completely agree. I know that's yep. really early to say that, but these are four winnable, winnable games that you're going to have in a stretch here. And this is a huge road trip for them. Well, it's always so, the always the playoff picture is kind of always decided by Thanksgiving. Like if you're completely out of it by Thanksgiving, you're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Where the Red Wings, I know it's probably pushed back a couple of weeks simply because the season was pushed back a couple of weeks. But uh, so if you look at it in a couple, like probably like early December, we're looking at it where like if the Red Wings are still like within a wild card spot, we're laughing. Yeah. Like that's still, you're still looking good. So like these games are really like, again, I agree with you. If you get three out of four, three out of four out of, out of this week, huge win. Like that's great. Yeah. And, and I agree. They're completely winnable. And these are the games you need to win. I just see like for Columbus, I see them. I don't know why, but we always have a, like a decent game against them. <laughs> I do like when I play one. Columbus. Yeah, it's always a tough game. It's typically close. Mm-hmm. And then with Dallas, like it, who knows? Dallas is a wild card this year. Like they can come out and look unbelievable, but they can also come out and look like. I saw something that they had their they had their assistant coach scouting their own game. Like he wasn't on the bench; he was in the stands watching the game because Rick Bonus is on the hot seat. Yeah, so it's um, not looking good there. Yeah, so obviously huge week for the Red Wings and. I don't know. We might do an episode this week. I mean, depending on how the schedules go, I'd like to do one on Wednesday or something like that after the two games, but we'll see how we're doing. Um, but unless you guys have anything else, I think we might wrap this one up. No, no. All right. So this, do will, wanna, this will do it. What? Oh, I was going to say, do you just want to see, do predictions for the last two as well? No, nah, we, we, nah, we won't do it. Nah. No. Okay. Yeah. Just in case, but uh, this will, yeah, this will wrap this up for this episode of, the production line podcast. Thank you everyone for listening again. Follow us on Twitter at TPL pod. Um, obviously subscribe to us on Apple, leave a, leave a review. We're on Spotify. We're on Google podcasts. Um, I think basically everything to be honest, but appreciate the support. And uh, thank you for listening.